Пошли. Все вместе. Какие ваши доказательства? Кокаином. Hi. We lost hey. Oh, we lost Bender. Hey, everybody. <laughs> How's it going? Episode 23? 23. Oh, I had the number no. wrong. Wow. Someone, someone in the comments said, everyone is a mobster or whatever, and Olay is a demigod. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like that. <laughs> Well, I'm so happy to be here with you all. Um, the the biggest news was that last week Lance debated Tim Pool, and the question I I think I speak for everyone that we all have on our, on our minds is how bad did that room smell, Lance? Everyone's been asking me that. I can't I can't talk shit about stuff that isn't real. It it, it did not smell bad in that room. I, I don't know. You're capping. There... No. <laughs> no, I was. Uh, I, can, I, also, I, can, I can talk shit I about also... a ton of other stuff. <laughs> yeah, the smell. The smell. There's no smell. Uh, I'm sorry. Like I just said there's plenty more, but there's no smell. <laughs> okay. Well, I was expecting bo and a little bit of ass, but that's pleasantly surprising. Yeah, I can't tell you. I, I can't tell you that I had kind of uh, uh, a weird, like I don't know if it's a, an initiation or what. But at, at a certain point, they're like, "Lance, are you ready? All right, go!" And then you go up these like stairs. There's a hallway of all these like hand drawn guests they ever have. And then you go up this hallway that's like dark with like blue lighting, and you hear uh, electric guitar like. Dur, 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 dur. And then when you get up are to the top, of the I'm 100 serious. And when you get to the top of the stairs, Tim Pool's the one playing the electric guitar. <laughs> I have a photo of it. I can send it to you, David. Hold on. My experience was different. I, I think I told you. <laughs> oh, yeah, Lance, Lance like, came on. What the hell? This is ridiculous. Yeah, for me, they brought me to the studio first, and as I was sitting there, Tim Pool just comes into the room, walks straight up to one of the guns on his wall, takes it off the wall, and starts cleaning it right in front of me. That's weird. <laughs> That's I'm not joking. Either. Oh, my God. Yeah, maybe it is a power move. It's very weird, though. So... I do want to hear just uh, summarize your experience, like what it was like uh, to to be there. Obviously, we've co we've all covered the the debate, but like just in terms of your experience talking with Tim Pool, um, or just being in that I don't know mansion, whatever the hell he has there. Like, <laughs> it's what was the, that whole thing like? Well, it, it's like Binder said, the compound is wild. He's got a full scale half pipe built underneath the ground. Like they must have had to like fucking 
a trench so far down to have the walls be that high with like a full like size basketball hoop and everything like it's nuts like millions and millions of dollars just being funneled into like you know uh, a skater boy's dreams you know it was a it was a skater boy's dreams for sure um it was uh it, it i wanted to, to just start because it was like i, I was like it, you know you're just sitting there like i want to do this I'm, I'm i'm ready to go you know and then like you have to wait an hour while they show you the chickens and the and the, the half pipe and and all the other rooms oh, and all that kind of stuff uh, until you know the the guitar sequence and i got brought upstairs and then it's like a little meet and greet you know moon lord walked in the room he's like Lance, and like all this kind of stuff and it was just like surreal i'm like what the fuck is happening right now uh and then boom you're, you're live in front of like forty thousand people and like, you know, he doesn't even give you like, here's all the things we're going to talk about. It's like, all right, here's the first story. We're going to talk about this. This is uh, certainly not going to be a controversial beginning to anything. Um, and then, yeah, I, I was I was like the fact that we started with the New York subway story to start with. I was doing everything in my power not to scream because I was like, don't do it, Lance. Don't do that thing where you're like you're over. I'm like, I'm very emotional. Right. So I didn't want to be like, ah, I'm so emotionally invested in this. What the fuck? Um, I'm like, just try and try and uh, stay calm until you get to, you know, pass this topic or something like that. Uh This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I didn't think the first uh, half was uh, uh, incredible on my part. I thought I did really good in the the second half. The, the stuff I had spent a lot of time uh, researching the uh, the trans debate, um, and then mm-hmm. uh, when it was all over, uh, I thought I got to go. I thought I, I was free. Uh, and then he's like, "All right, no, 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 you got to stay. We're doing the after hours thing now. There's call ins, stuff like that." And then it's like oh, a full. Like I was like, "Oh God, here we go." Um, and so, uh, yeah, the after hours was way spicier. I mean, I'm posting it uh, tomorrow mm. on uh, YouTube.com slash the surfs TV. Uh, but like, yeah, there was like by that point, I, I was like, they 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 are deeply unserious people when they're talking about these topics. He accused me of what? He accused me of uh, wanting a trans genocide. He accused mm-hmm. me of wanting to uh, genocide autistic children. He accused me of being in a cult. He accused me of wanting to genocide autistic lesbians. Like I, I was not doing any name going. This was like thing after thing after thing after thing. So by like by the second half. I was like, I, I was going for way more roasts. I was, I was, I like, I went a lot harder in the the, the last. Hour. I feel like that. I feel like that means you you came out successful because like with the amount of screaming Tim Pool did, and I didn't watch the whole thing honestly because I was watching hockey. So I would I would jump in here and then and then I saw some clips afterwards. Um, but a few the few times I <laughs> I jumped on the stream to check what was happening, Tim Pool's like screaming, he's like screaming at you, and you're just like sitting there laughing, and it's like <laughs> this is I don't know. That, I think that was Lance, good optics. Uh, should, when you, you get to that worked up, that means you're successful. Mm-hmm. Lance, you should know that the only people in the leftist mafia who supported you throughout the whole thing was myself and Mike. Um, everyone else the decided ones. they were more important things to do. <laughs> uh, we we are your true friends. And just remember that. Just I, remember I will that. have you know, Lance is my homie in real life, so I was immediately <laughs> and <laughs> alerted him. <laughs> Even <laughs> our guest. And Even our know. guests at the in the Vanguard didn't stick around for the whole thing. So just I want you to know that, Lance, that when when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, you know who's got your back. And we it's are ride or die. I, right, I realized that oh, I was God. screaming into the mic and that would not be good for the audience. <laughs> and I didn't want to ruin their viewing experience. 
And so I, it wouldn't have been TOS, right? You wanted I to say TOS, about it and I was like, you know what? Oof. I'm real fried. I'm suffering. I'm screaming. I let me just bow out and let the audience enjoy this with Bender. And I'll say this right now: um, uh, David did connect his YouTube so his audience could watch along with us, and, and they were just were... going wild for Tim Pool the whole time. Pool, <laughs> pool, pool, pool. That's all they were tweeting. They were sending out in the chat the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I just I have Whoa. to point out that Lance I, I covered it the, the 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 day after and and they all seem to to really hate Tim Pool. So whoever came out during mm. the live stream, <laughs> they were mm. gone by the next day. Mm. Maybe the the Vanguard audience. Um, Lance, is it true that there's a hit piece against you by one Rave Dubin because of the Tim Pool? I, I haven't seen it yet. I wanted to watch it before the stream, but I I, I got too caught up with other stories. But yeah, I got my first uh, debut. Yeah, but I've, I've, he's I never talked about it. me before. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, um, he's yeah. got a. I saw the screenshot of it where it's just like leftist, uh, like you know, uh, uh, cowards in a corner or something like that. Oh, and the Lord. picture he's using is my what the fuck face. That was that was like at a different point in the debate, being like, "Are you serious?" But like, yeah, he used it. It's it's a good thumbnail. I'll, I'll be honest. There mm. was some there was some cruel thumbnails out there. That was uh, that was well, that was a decent one. Look, here's here's what I want to say about the debate. I think that going into that environment where you're in their compound and it's like a four-on-one debate, it is very difficult to get a word in edgewise. It's very difficult to come out successful. But I think that you did as good as you could possibly do in that environment because it's intimidating. And you got in a couple of good um, a couple of good one-liners in there too. The left-handedness uh, chart was amazing. Me and Matt kind of had like the same analysis. Um, at the beginning, it was a little bit rough. But mm -hmm. towards the end, yeah, you absolutely crushed it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's the one I cared about because that's the one I spent like days and days and days and days studying for. And I've got this book full and I still fucked up in one major part. I've issued a correction for the video coming out tomorrow, but uh, they wouldn't accept meta studies. The one meta study that right. I did use, the regret after gender affirming surgery, systematic review and meta analysis of prevalence. That one is incredibly important. Anyone can go look it up. And that one has the less than 1% regret rate globally. Uh, like not every country, obviously, but like Canada, the Netherlands, Belgium, UK, Italy, USA, Brazil, Sweden, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the one from Cornell is a literature review so i should have specified that when i was talking about meta studies but outside of that almost everything else was like it was all ripped from the studies and the facts and that's like it, it eventually derailed into him like getting like legitimate it seemed like he was legitimately angry for, for that last little bit yeah. yeah yeah absolutely i don't know if you watched our commentary on leftist mafia but we could tell that like he gets angry as he starts to kind of lose and you start to kind of like own him and then he either gets angry and then changes the subject or try to change like the dynamic of the conversation um Ooh, or he just like rages like the left-handed moment it you could tell that he had no idea how to respond it doesn't seem like he ever saw that chart because he immediately pivoted to oh well i thought there was a genocide yeah like you could like he never I, saw that i had lance on my stream earlier this week full disclosure to talk about this in detail I and um he, uh, I, I said, I don't believe he never, I, I refuse to believe Tim Pool never saw that meme before. He was playing dumb in front of Lance. Maybe he wasn't expecting Lance to physically pull the meme out for his entire <laughs> audience to see it. So he had to play dumb that he never saw it before. But I refuse to believe Tim Pool never saw that meme before. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't know about that. I can't confirm or deny. It did seem like both Moonlord and Seamus were like, ah, that seemed almost like, uh, the, the little learning point. Um, mm. the, David, the only clip. Moon, I, Moonlord, I, I'll believe, I'll believe that didn't, Ian didn't see it before. <laughs> that one, I'll long, <laughs> long haired guy. Yeah. Yes. 
Okay. Uh, I honestly believe those guys do not know. Like, like I don't want to, you know, offend them or anything, but I think they're completely clueless. Like, they, they mm -hmm. like, I think they actually, you know, are there and are learning things occasionally. Like, they're like, oh wow, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> they don't real, they don't realize that they're part of this like complete propaganda machine. Echo chamber. But that's my opinion. yeah. I David, I sent you in the uh, the Twitter the link to the picture of uh, when I walked in and saw uh, Tim Pool playing the guitar. Uh, and um, if there's okay. only one, if there's only one clip <laughs> I want to play that no one's seen because it's from the second half, I put it in the chat of the Leftist Mafia. It's where I finally because I was going a lot harder in the second half. I had a Bud Light that was powering me. It was giving me like you know I, I a can of queer juice and it was giving me superpowers. And um, <laughs> yeah, so if there's only one clip to play, hey, play, a that, what? play that. What can one of clip. what? Bud Light. Oh, okay. Yeah. You said something else. That. Oh, what I said the say? I said the Bud Light was queer juice. It was giving me super. Oh, powers. okay. I yeah. didn't know what you said. I was like, "What?" <laughs> oh, I stand by that. Well, so the there, room there looks are, bigger. Um... Yeah, oh, it is, it, that's it is the that's bigger. the gun there against the wall in the corner. Oh, is that the not, one he cleaned? Not the gun. No, no, not the one he cleaned. The one in the, up against the wall in that corner there. That's the one he told me. Hey, you want to pick up that gun? It's a Civil War relic. And I looked at it. It was all dusty and rusty and looked like it could fall apart at, my, at the touch. So I was like, yeah, I'll pass. I didn't want to like be held responsible for it breaking. And so I didn't. I didn't pick it up. And apparently, according to to people who've reached out to me after, a few weeks later, he was telling the story of a, a leftist he had on the show who was too afraid to hold his gun. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go on in the future when he asks you if you want to uh, pick up his gun you pick it up and you're like pow pow like like horrible trigger discipline just like fuck with it, throw I'll, it, up, I'll, catch I'll it. I'll pick up that gun if he signs a contract saying I'm not held responsible like an NDA whatever it is that I'm not held responsible if that shit falls apart in my hand that shit looked old as shit like I was not gonna <laughs> touch that thing <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was interesting. Um, how would you rate the experience, Lance, on a scale from one to ten? Very important. Uh, it's it, mentally draining and exhausting. It took twelve hours for me to get there, and then it took two days for me to get home. Uh, and then like obviously Riddle. having to to get like by the end of it, like I uh, you can see watch the clip, David, uh, that I just sent you in the, in the chat. By the end of this, you can see me basically screaming at them because I was just so mm. sick of all this shit. Because they were talking about drag queens, drag queens. He was saying that drag queens are groomers. He was talking about the club mm -hmm. Q shooting, and I actually said to his face, "I'm like shame on you." I was like, "I'll say that's your face." Yeah, that shame was a great you. moment, by the yeah. way. Yeah, and so like wait till the end. Of, well, I mean, pause it if you want, but for the last like. 15 seconds that's the part that i'm actually pretty proud that i finally got to yell at them for grooming is when you are trying to coerce a child into a sexual relationship with you that's grooming see that's that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's the actual definition of it right well, but no, talking, you, you are giving a definition that you've invented or that the right no, has invented, I, or that you've extrapolated or you've added to but that's what grooming is so the left actually introduced the political uh, aspect of it which is why i tried to be careful with you because how, how do we introduce an aspect to it so when the conversation emerged around grooming, mm -hmm. the left began mentioning the idea of politics and grooming children to politics because the question was around the politics. It's if you were trying to coerce them into a sexual relationship with you. That's the traditionally by every single standard, it was considered grooming for an adult to tell a child that their parents don't understand them, that that adult has a better understanding of that child's those sexual could, identity could, and that they should take on specific sexual behaviors and characteristics you're, you're that has always been considered you're, grooming. You know, you're mentioning aspects of a groomer and the things they can do to groom but the goal yes. the goal of a groomer and this is what we all have to be on the same pages because i think we all want to protect kids right of ultimately course. everyone in this circle i want wants to protect kids yes yeah. absolutely so 
we have to identify what groomers are. They want to coerce children into having sexual relationships with them. And the second thing I want to add when it comes to groomers, the majority of people who sexually assault children are family members. We should say, like, you should say that loud and proud. It's family members. It's like 76% is family members. And so after, after that is friends and family. What do you so, think about that? But, but that's kind of a I'm, whataboutism, right? Jim, I'm because... never going to defend I like individual examples that you pull up. If you pull up an example like, hey, here's a drag queen who's like doing a lap dance. Like, do you think I'm going to sit here and be like, well, because I'm an NPC, the left says I have to accept this. I just exactly. have to do what he's yeah. grooming? I, I think that's inappropriate to, to do in front of a child. What, what, this is not what drag queen story hour is. Drag queen story hour is men in wigs reading stories to kids. Why? Kids books. But they're in their fetish costume. Why, why does, okay, to you it's a fetish costume. No, to, not to, to them me. it's that's a That's why I don't wear it. Okay, because I'm much a fetish dra dra drag, drag, right. drag is burlesque. Okay, let's, let's get a ahead of this one buzz who are some drag performers i know michael knowles stephen crowder rudy giuliani <laughs> and do you think there's are they groomers are they going up groomers? to children and introducing yes stephen crowder has segments where he's in public and there are children and he's dressed <laughs> in drag what are you talking about Amazing. He, he could only good. laugh he could only laugh because he has yeah. nothing nothing <laughs> exactly. else to say about that yeah, yeah. that was great mm -hmm. laugh. that was great Thanks. Yeah, good. good work. That has got to be draining. The beginning was particularly just soul crushing because he was being so disingenuous. We were all yelling at the screen. Oh, so for imagine. you to go on hours after that when we were all mentally drained, like it had to have been exponentially worse uh, for you. So I, I give you credit because that was very difficult and you did good. Thanks, fam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it takes. I, it, it ta I, I honestly think like um, that. That is the way to go about it. Just go on that, that. If I was to go on that show again, those first thirty minutes, I would like completely like re reconfigure how I would approach it because I know like it's it's jarring at first the way they all come at you and the way he constantly throws questions back at you, and um, you know just prepare for once you settle in and then you can just take it from there because everything's smoother sailings from there. You, you know, that's really when both of us did, did better when we were on that show. Can oh, we yeah, just point out how ridiculous it is that it's like five on one on that show? And like, right. I think I think this is the reason he no longer does um, or he claims he doesn't uh, do like interviews uh, online. Like he, he did one with Sam Cedar. Now he refused to do one with Sam Cedar uh, on, you know, on the Internet anymore because he he wants that five on one. He wants that confrontation. He wants these people on his side, all these people versus one individual in a room like David, it's just, did you... the whole setup. Like, did you see what his dad like, said? If, if, if it was the opposite, they'd be freaking out about how unfair it is. Yet this is the setup they have. Did you see yeah. what his he, dad he was... said? But what, what Tim Pool's dad said he made a video. No, what he say? He, he I, was I, like, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, he he was like, you know, back in my day, we used to have a fair fight, one v one. I don't know what this is, this three v one crap. But you guys got to meet mano y mano kind of shit. I was like, oh, this is like he yeah. just seems like you know an old fashioned an old fashioned guy, you know. But <laughs> it's pretty mm -hmm. funny to see. <laughs> Can I tell you something pretty crazy? Like I, 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 Tim Pool's style is, is I don't know if he's seen this, and this is what what he what he deploys. Um, but randomly, one one good thing about the new Twitter is I get the worst people in my mentions. Um, and uh, uh, one of these, not my mentions, my my for you algorithm, and one of these things was a a like shitty like a uh, 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 growth and personal growth like uh, 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 Twitter user. But the tweet they that showed up in my feed was how to win an argument without having solid reasoning and proof. And it's a way to like, I'm being serious. This is crazy. 
go, go listen to these these tips and tell me Tim Pool does not deploy each and every one of them. Are you ready? Stage one, trigger your interlocutor. If you're short on logical arguments, the safest way to still be Clean right is by making the person in front of you sound wrong. In order to do that, you have to drag the conversation towards emotions and completely disregard any sort of logic. A few ways to do this is by responding to logical arguments by suggesting that your interlocutor lacks empathy by being too rational, emotional appeal. He did that to you. Or even directly criticizing that, the person in front instead of discussing their ideas. Stage two. Forcing the monologue through question bombing. He does that all the time. While the tone of the conversation is getting more and more aggressive and emotional, you start framing the conversation by bombing your inter interlocutor with questions. The goal here is not to get an answer from them, but rather the opposite. What you're really doing is getting on their nerves. This should be done in a, such a way that you ask a question every time they start answering the previous one. Very annoying, but very effective. Stage three. <laughs> letting your interlocutor speak here you want them to talk as long as possible you have already been preparing them for this moment by disturbing them all along they should feel relief as you completely shut up and start looking at them in the eye and in interest with interest and insistence intense eye contact to convey that they're not only listening you're not only listening but doing so willingly and with good faith but your disturbing act is not done yet. As they start speaking, you should have a very expressive face and react with negative facial expressions to the point the person is making. Not with anger, but rather with disdain. The idea is to make them angrier and angrier as they try to convey their message while destabilizing their rationale. Stage four, destroy the monologue. Yes, good old ad hominem. You're not going to address any of the points they made. Instead, you're going to attack the flaws of their rationale and the person it goes on and on that's just some of the the tips it's exactly what he does in every single conversation you had with him i had with him it's that to a t yeah doesn't that doesn't yeah, that seem like it would be a lot to think about or you just think that's what he he eventually uh like do, do you think he's intentionally using those kind of strategies or they're just like they're identifying those kind of strategies i in, I, in a, I i don't i like do i think he saw this guy's thing no 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 but, i'm, I'm, I'm yeah. bad I'm, yeah i'm just saying like that also seems like a lot of things to think about while you're doing it like i think it's I, a it skill is, that it is he if developed. you're an honest person but if you're a dishonest person just there for just trying to get an emotional reaction i, I think it's it's almost it's almost the default for some of these people is just to mm -hmm. act on a purely emotional level and not actually discuss anything rationally because they're not there for a rational conversation. They're there just to evoke some kind of emotion out of people. So it's, I think for him, it comes naturally because certain people just don't, he doesn't care about the issues. He doesn't actually care about the truth. It's just about whatever he has to argue and he'll argue that side. Yeah. They're inherently bad faith. And I think that uh, as they do more of these debates with the left wingers, they get, better at um kind of deflecting and obfuscating with time and you can tell that like um tim pole he's been doing a lot of obfuscation and deflection for years so he was very savvy in the way that he approached some some of these questions um he knew how to frame it in a misleading way that tried to back you into a corner he just he is deeply deeply bad faith and i don't even know like what his personal political beliefs are i don't know if he believes anything that he says but it's just it, that environment is almost impossible to have a good faith conversation because he's not interested in that do you guys think you'd go i would not know no, no. i'd do it again <laughs> <laughs> i think you're you better were, i think you, you were too who's, who's good at these kind, kind of conversations it's for me it's just like i, I i'm not 
I'm not that kind of person. I can't engage mm -hmm. in the mud. I'm just not. I don't excel in a in an environment like that. It's it's too yeah. it's too confrontational. Same. I'm I'm not very quick on my toes like um like you all are. For me personally, like I like to really take time and think about ways to approach an argument. It's just not for me. Like I think the most effective way that I can break down these arguments is like watching their video, pause it, uh, because I I would get too frustrated if they're in the moment just throwing a bunch of shit at me because I like to approach things very like uh. It, I can't like I can't just formulate something quickly. So yeah, that would drive me absolutely nuts. Like I've had these conversations like with family members, and of course I BTFO them because I'm I'm much more politically savvy than them. But it's still just draining and exhausting because it just I don't know. It's it I just would not. It would be terrible. I hate it. I would get too mad. <laughs> I mean, I definitely do this. I do it. Um but I don't like to. I'm, but I'm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a lawyer. I'm a defense attorney. So You're good. I was like, yeah. You, I was yeah. like, you yeah. probably just yeah. Roy because of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I'm great. Like people love. People love when I'm in in debate formats with with right wingers and stuff. It always goes viral. On, on the hill. That's how. That's how it usually goes down after the segment, right? Because mm -hmm. after you do yeah. that whole like that list where you do like the breakdown or whatever, then you start like going back and forth, right? Yeah. It happens in. Or, you know, I don't even be trying to debate with nobody, but yes, yeah, it's, it's fine. Because I think, you know, as long as you remember it's a performance, like, I, True. Think, I think that's the thing. That's all I think there is to it is to remember it's a performance. Like, if you watch me, like when I was watching you do this, I was screaming, but I don't, but you don't get that from me when I'm in the debates because I'm, I'm performing. <laughs> it's not like, I'm an actress. Um, so, yeah, I could do it, but I don't care to. I'm not traveling to no white man's plantation to be jumped by a bunch of <laughs> That was crazy. That's not, that don't make no fucking sense. <laughs> no fucking way. Like, no way. Look at me. It looks like a fucking dungeon, a fucking council full of idiots. Like, no way. No fucking way. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, I would say I would be open to doing a uh, five or six on one against like Rave Dubin or Temple on this show because, like, you know, if they want it to be unfair. <laughs> is there even an example of any of these people showing up to a, a like a, a, a more left wing show or progressive show like in like in a format like that where it's like three versus one? No, they're not like, doing that. They're mm -hmm. dumb. They're of course, they're not doing that. that. That's true. We never thought about that. Circles. Yeah, my stint as a debate bro ended without a single debate because back like a couple of years ago, the drunken peasants put together a debate between me and I don't remember his name. It was, was a long haired or something. Was yeah, yeah, like... it was sticks, sticks something. It was the long ass. Wait, name. Stick, sticks and hammer, like six, six, six. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's a Holocaust yeah. denier. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I spent like a month and a half doing research and prep for that debate. They put together this amazing promo, and the day before he bows out, and then we oh, try no to way. schedule it again. He bows out, and then a third time he bows. Out. I'm like motherfucker, like. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm not very intimidating. I've never done a debate before. Like, I just do my own YouTube videos. But he bowed out like three Wait. times, and I'm like, okay, this is too exhausting. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> Wait, so you mean it? So hold on. So the debate pro culture is like where they act. Like they're actively, consciously going into it as a debate. Like we're going to have a debate. Like I'm scheduling the debate with you. That's the concept. That's yeah. just our extrapolation. You know what's interesting? I've been on a lot of videos like on YouTube where like on shows and stuff and yes, labeled debate after. And it's always like, I'm like, huh, like that's how you felt. Like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't thought it was a friendly conversation. Like, I have no, it always feels like that. I think that's like why, like, especially like on the hill, it always looks like you look like Robbie and MB hype, but as always. I'm always like lost because I don't actually give a fuck what anybody like. Like I, I don't need you to agree with me. I don't care. I'm not here to convince you, and I don't give a fuck what you think. So I'm always like lost when it's like, ooh, 
real impassioned on this silly shit you are saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing about these debates, though, is that there's no winner or loser. The audience who supports you thinks you won. The audience who supports them thinks that they won. I mean, like, you could try to be objective here and there, but there's a bias. We all have biases, like, immediately. Like, Lance Lance could have went there and shit the bed, and I still would have, like, found all the little nuggets of, like, amazingness from it. Because, like, it, you, you're rooting for these people because when you see them up against, like, this bad faith actor who doesn't care about anything but scoring points not trying to change hearts and minds just wants clicks um you know it's hard not to be biased there so i'm biased they're biased the winner is whoever you already supported like i, I think that to the extent that debates change minds it's probably minimal uh but it is it maybe it's large enough like we can't quantify this shit right but it's probably large enough to be it's, worthwhile it's, it's, but it's, it's not my thing it's entertaining right, right. it's entertainment for sure yeah I don't think debate should be approached with like like the other like the opponent really in in mind. I think you should look at debates kind of as a presentation and addressing the arguments with sense, like not get lost into it. Like in court, right? Like as a lawyer, you don't go back and forth running on. Like that's not how mm -hmm. how things are. You present an argument, other side presents an argument, sense is made, whatever. There's not too much running on. Like if I if I file a motion and the prosecutor files a reply. Most of the times I'm not going to file another reply unless he, he brought up something that I didn't anticipate because you anticipate what the other argument is. It's not like rocket science. You know what the different sides have to say on it. You present your argument with what it is and the disagreements built in and they present theirs and you go about your business. I think it's a mistake to, you know, do all the ah, da, 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 and running all their little points. Like, who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Concede and dismiss and move on. That's why I think like if you see me on Rising or you see me on debate shows, I'm a very different personality than I present on air or something like that because I'm being different. <laughs> like I'm like I'm not. <laughs> I'm actively like I'm not here to yeah, run this on fun. with this person. I know I'm like oh I let them talk. Like honestly, it might be the most viral bits, but I talk least of the the time because I let them say all the craziness and then I'm like. Right, right. Back to logic, because that's fucking stupid. <laughs> and they always feel like they won until Twitter says they didn't. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I don't care because I'm not in it to argue with them. I'm just in it to make sure I got the perspective out, that point of view that I can share with a larger audience. I'm not there to argue with that person. Who gives a fuck about them? Yeah. Um, I mean, and even if like it appears that you lost overwhelmingly in most people, think that you lost confidence goes a long way so if you just brush that shit aside then you won't be hurt by it so like again like this is all theatrical i think that a more if you want to see like a debate i think the most intellectually stimulating types of debate not to sound like i like the smell of my own farts are like these email exchanges <laughs> that uh noam chomsky did i mean i acknowledge the the recent um we'll call it the unpleasantness so, yes the unpleasantness yeah so i lost yeah. a lot of respect for him but like he did these emails like you know with sam harris and stuff like that and it was like long drawn out really thoughtful responses from both of them even though sam harris is a dumb fuck um but it, i thought that that was much more stimulating because like you can really develop understanding there whereas like in a debate it's this point was scored, that point was scored. And that's not to say that it's not useful. I, I think that there is value in it, especially considering that like younger people, as they're getting involved in politics, they like the the blood fight or the blood sport. So that might draw them in, which I think is good. Um, but at the end of the day, like it is entertainment and um, you just got to keep that in mind when you're watching them. It's not for me. I'm not, I'm too much of one of these people that just gets flustered really yeah, easily. And I like think the, um, the, the left-handed 
clip that someone it wasn't me someone took it and then edited it into a like a tiktok video it ended up like charting on tiktok it had like i think it's almost past two million views now and that was just like a, a wow. teeny amount of time and like the fact that that went so viral that was when tim eventually started subtweeting me that's that's what he was like you know i i i don't care what any of you say i'll never believe the fact that it's like it's somehow not gay to like you know uh, suck a trans woman's penis uh, or something like that um but like Wait, was that in the after show uh, that was in the after show. Yeah, I was oh, like, okay. I was. They were talking about. Uh, I, I. So, Mike, I got them to admit that all the shit around groomers, all the stuff about grooming, uh, Drake Queen Story Hour being the grooming hour, all of that, it was actually about the fact that you are worried about gender ideology indoctrinating kids. I said you're worried about kids mm-hmm. becoming queer, and they admitted it. They, they like one of them was like, yes, and then Timbal was like, because it's sexual, and I was like, no, no, it's not fucking sexual. It's not inherently sexual. It can be, but it doesn't need to be, right? That eventually led to me being like. Could I convince any of you to be gay? If I showed you the best gay porn in the world, you're all straight, right? So if I showed you the greatest gay porn of all time, the juiciest, the finest, like the sexiest of boys, like all of a sudden, would you suddenly be like, oh shit, yeah, I've been transformed. And then that's when Moon Lord was like, well, I don't know. He was like, I was I was watching porn once and then this like trans porn popped up and I started thinking to myself that like if I had to see that all the time, maybe I'd start thinking about it, right? And then that's where the whole like, you know, I was like, well, if you're attracted to trans women, don't worry, you're not gay. And then Tim was like, yes, you are. And they they all, they, they never backed down off that. All of them kept saying, if you're attracted to trans women, you're gay. And one of them, they brought up Blair White too. I was like, you think it's gay to be attracted to Blair White as a straight yeah. heterosexual man? I, I was like, I, 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 I can't. Like, I can't speak for the entirety of the homosexual community or something, but, like, I, I assume a lot of homosexual uh, straight, uh, sorry, homosexual men are not attracted to Blair White. I, I, I would assume that, right? Tra- Blair, Blair White is a woman. Yeah, it's, it's just so bizarre. I'm glad that you brought that point up to them because it's funny. It's like, for me, my entire life since I was a kid, I was blasted with, like, heterosexuality. You see almost nothing but straight sex scenes. Uh, I don't think I've ever been tempted once to try heterosexuality i'm a six on the kinsey scale never never been bi-curious at all (laughs) um so they think that it works the other way around though where it's like okay wouldn't there be like so much more like no gay people just because of how much we see heterosexuality and cis people like it's just it's weird logic so i'm glad that you brought that up because i don't think that they think about these things yeah i can show you the clip but we should yeah. move on. We should probably move on from Tim Pool. I saw people in the chats being like, "Are they going to talk about the news?" Because there's probably <laughs> Tim Pool fatigue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know if Did you guys happen? heard, but the next the next five episodes of <laughs> of Leftist Mafia are all Tim Pool. We got three more in the works. Are we are we are we having a, a guest on this episode? Because I was going to tweet. Oh it out. yeah, sorry. Having- yeah yeah totally. So shout out to Jesse Gender. If you don't already know, check out youtubecom slash Gender. She's incredible. She does tons of videos on a range of topics, all the way from uh, you know debunking Matt Walsh's "What Is a Woman." Probably the best video series debunking every single thing in "What Is a Woman." Uh, she put that together. Also incredible videos on Star Trek, uh, nerd culture, all that kind of stuff. Uh, she's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I quote tweeted her this morning and had no idea that she'd be, she'd be on the show today. Like, it was just completely random. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, it's quite a coincidence. But, uh, okay, what else happened this week? <laughs> what news happened this week? Anything, uh, anything you guys want to talk about? I mean, lots of legal L's in the right-wing world with Donald Trump. Uh, being found liable for sexual abuse and defamation of E. Jean Carroll. On top of that... Um, 
George Santos surrendered himself after being indicted on 13 federal federal accounts. And then his press conference afterwards was just genuinely hilarious because he was saying this is a witch hunt and he's going to run for re-election. Oh, they're very, very good. I haven't watched this yet. Uh, I covered it, but I covered it before he came out and said anything. Yeah, yeah. So um, he even said that he's probably going to lead a committee one day. Um, that's how confident he is that he's going to escape all of this. And there's like scandal layered within a scandal because he was claiming that he was eligible for unemployment insurance benefits during 2020 when it was expanded for people suffering from the pandemic. But he was actually employed making over six figures a year. But the company he was uh, employed at was shut down because it was accused of being a Ponzi scheme. So it's like, it's just so like it's unending. All right, let's uh, listen to some of this. You guys, look, this is the beginning of the ability for me to address and defend myself. We have an indictment. We have all, we have the information that the government wants to come after me on, and I'm going to comply. I've been complying throughout this entire process. I have no desire not to comply at this point. They've been gracious in there. Now I'm going to have to go and fight to defend myself. The reality is, is sorry, it's a witch hunt. Because it, it, it makes no sense that in four months, four months, five months, I'm indicted. You have Joe Biden's entire family receiving. Sweetie, deposits. sweetie, it's Nine a witch hunt. It is a witch hunt, but you're a witch. <laughs> <laughs> we have you in 4K, bro. Like, just need to go pump his parents' Morgan interview, just rest it down in the corner and walk out. <laughs> exactly. He said yeah. he got away with it before. Yeah, like, that's. <laughs> He would, you admit to it. Like, you can't, like, do that. Like, I swear, Santos carries on, like, he thinks, like, the days disappear. <laughs> like, like he just lives one day at a time. Like, I'm like, you know, you recently got up <laughs> in 4K and said you did all that shit? <laughs> they asked you, why would you think you could do all that shit that you admit to do it and you said because I did it before and got away with it. <laughs> and now you're talking about, this is a witch hunt. How in four months am I indicted? Because for four months you've been admitted to shit. They've been accepting you in four k for four months and you have confessed every time. <laughs> That's how you're indicted. Amazing. Receiving money from foreign from foreign destinations into their bank accounts. It's been years of exposing. A lot of you here have reported on them, and yet no investigation is launched into them. I'm gonna fight. I will, and I'm just going, I'm getting Tough crowd. I'm gonna fight my battle. I'm gonna deliver. I'm gonna fight the witch, and I'm gonna take care of clearing my name, and I look forward to doing that. Clearing my name. What is your name? But... Not George Santos. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's Kitara. It's Kitara. It's Kitara. 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 He has three different names. That like this idea of bringing up Joe Biden, like it's <laughs> that that exposes how BS this defense is. If you have to, oh, squirrel over there, like look at him, <laughs> Biden. <laughs> it's like, come on, <laughs> you got nothing, bro. It's so insane. Uh, apparently, so the, the the top potential um sentence for him is is twenty years. I don't think he's going to come anywhere near that because that's mm-hmm. how society works. But I hope he gets some. <laughs> I mean, he's under what is it thirteen? It's a thirteen count indictment, federal charges, like some serious shit in there. So uh, I guess we're going to see where it all goes.
I hope he runs town. Like I hope he skips town. Like like for his movie, his future movie. You know that's gonna be the epic. Like catch me if you can. <laughs> like, like I know he's gonna skip town. I know he gotta do one of those. He gonna disappear. <laughs> he can go to Mexico. <laughs> I can't. It depends wait. how confident he is in his ability to lie his way out of this. Because if he thinks he can keep lying his way out of it, then he'll he'll just he'll just stick around and try to keep lying. <laughs> I've he's got away with it before. So you can I keep getting away with it, and that's what I think. If you could get like one of his like a, a previous significant other on the record, wouldn't that be excellent? Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's who I want interviewed. Find me his yes. last part. Oh, the pillow talking he must have done. I wish I would love to know. Isn't he divorced? Apparently, like. Oh right, he divorced a woman. <laughs> yeah, they should be able to find her when he was still pretending he was he wasn't gay. Like this is. Oh, so so he's he's out. He's oh, out. Yeah. yeah, he's a, he's oh, out. Yeah. Ooh, oh I, yeah. I assume, but I didn't. I didn't want to be out here just assuming things. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a safe assumption. <laughs> that, but I was like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I think that was one of his like his like selling features as like a, a Republican in like a, a blue district where he's like, uh, I'm gay, so you can vote for me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know there's other Republicans that lie all the time. I'm one of those good ones. Like, no. I hope Disney modeled like a villain after him. <laughs> like wouldn't that be excellent you can imagine like a disney cartoon villain like with this kind of ooh, that'd be excellent talk to you i think it's hilarious that he stole campaign funds to purchase designer clothing and my yeah. man still looks like shit still looks terrible <laughs> disheveled and he's, and he's stealing other people's scarves remember that story he stole his friend's <laughs> like what, his expensive scarf <laughs> He yeah. just wants to live the high life like he belongs was... in like a succession episode like he just he's just yeah for money He's so funny. He's hilarious, honestly. Yeah, he tweeted out in all caps, witch hunt like Donald Trump. But uh, see, he's he's pursuing the Trump strategy, but he doesn't understand that his base doesn't like him. Like 78% of his own constituents want him out. They like Trump's base likes him. The witch hunt analogy caught on. Because what are you, what are you, what are you suggesting, right? Because like the whole point of a witch hunt is to get witches. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So like no one ever denounced witch hunts. <laughs> we just questioned whether or not they had the right witches. But you, 4K baby, like y'all are, y'all are clear. <laughs> y'all been practicing magic in front of everybody. Like. <laughs> it's so, it, it's honestly so ridiculous. And really the, I don't even care about the outcome. Like, I just want the movie to be released ASAP. Like, that's really what I'm focused on. Like, we need to do a watch party when it comes out. <laughs> Are we going to talk at all about uh, this Trump oh, town uh, hall? Speak, I, I speaking speaking, speaking of speaking of movie, by the way, I just wanted to add here. Uh, I I um have a buddy who was um who was trying to do a movie with uh, George Santos and actually met with him a few times. What? Um and. Uh, he was going to do a docu. He was trying to get George Santos to agree to do the documentary. I don't know if you saw on MSNBC yesterday. Uh, Ari Melber had on uh, Blake Zeff, who is my buddy in question, and oh, the they released so some good. of the reco- some of the recordings because Blake was recording his conversations with George Santos, and uh, it's really good. You should check out some of these recordings. I don't even hmm. think he released them all. This this guy. Uh, the, one of the recordings they released was him like mocking his Jewish constituents. Um, another yep. one, uh, I don't know if they released with, with this an one, impression. He does an impression too. with an impression. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't know if they released this one yet, but I, I've actually had to keep quiet on this for for a while. I, I've known about this for for a couple of months, <laughs> and uh, one of them is. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if this one was released yet, but one of them is uh, George Santos 
really thought that this was going to happen. Like he really thought he really nothing was going to happen to him that he was already talking about running for president and everything. Like he thought it's, this was smooth sailings what? and he was just going to become a big wow. like political star and everything. Is he Here, that yeah, he, divorced from reality? Oh my God. Yes. It's funny when the isms start coming out, right? Oh, she, you're, he's such a man. She's such a man. And then they go on to the next thing. And it's like, oh, that's a point. And it's like, it's really bad. But anyway. What the fuck is he oh. talking about? I don't even. I don't even know if I'm supposed to be offended. What are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> right. okay, I'm to, I guess to, you got to read it. I have, he, to, I have to understand. It sounds like he's making fun of his Jewish supporters. Is, is what I'm getting from this. As, as well as his his imaginary Jewish heritage, by the way. I hate people who are not even funny with their prejudice. Like I don't even get the mm. joke. Like I feel like sin, like. There's another like, one. Oh wait, one second. What the hell? The most amazing thing, though, about this whole thing is that the documentary was never going to happen because every time Blake tried to meet with him to convince him to do this documentary, George Santos would say, you know, we got I, I got to figure out if I did agree with to this, I needed to I need to figure out a way to get paid without any flags being any red flags. And he told he told Blake that he expected I think he may probably has it in the recordings too. He expected he'd be paid millions of dollars for this documentary. And when Blake was like, oh I'm, I'm not I don't I don't pay. Uh, he was like, Well, I'm gonna hold out for Netflix, then they're gonna give me millions, I bet. Oh, my God, this well, guy Netflix better. Netflix better give him a big fucking bag. He's absolutely fucking correct. And they will. <laughs> and they will. I'll raise the money. I want to see that movie. Okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yes, they will. So this one's about. Uh, oh, yeah. So apparently one of the I, th I think this is part of the indictment uh, that he qualified or he tried to qualify for unemployment when he doesn't actually qualify for it. Mm -hmm. But I guess it's him discussing this. So the way I look at it is you're not understanding. If they, the question is simple, George, why was your income 55000 in 2020, and why is your income drastically higher? Well, here's the answer to that. I have, We struck a deal with a company, so nobody was unemployed and got reduced to like a very basic salary, just so we, as we call it, livable wages in the company, um, so we can get by, because our industry was capital introduction via vis-a-vis -vis conferences, vis-a-vis speed dating, all that is in, in private equity. And managing limited partner, general partner relationships and investment groups. So long story short, I went from 2019 bringing in 400 and something thousand dollars to, yeah, in 2020, my reported income was 55K. It was, it couldn't be more legitimate. I actually qualified for unemployment. <laughs> Quote, I qualified for unemployment. This is that's that's amazing <laughs> yeah and he's, he's so telling this does he know he's being recorded like <laughs> yeah he collected twenty four thousand dollars on unemployment it, it is just wow. genuinely insane for months he was saying because every single week like if you've ever been in, on uh, unemployment you have to say yes i'm still eligible i'm looking for for work like in oregon um we have like certain requirements we've got to look for work every single week he lied like it, it's it's genuinely astounding that this man thought that he was like going to go on to be president and, and like have this huge political career. It's I mean, when you when you look at the climate and you see, you know, figures like Donald Trump and whatnot, maybe uh, he had a reason to believe that. But I mean, still, like, bring it down. Come back to reality. Like, this is ridiculous. 
I don't know how you keep track of them all. Honestly, when it comes to him, and I'm like, half the shit that he's accused, or sorry, that he's claiming that he's done in his life, like, if I had one of those, just one of those monstrous lies, like, my mom died on 9-11. No, she didn't. Uh, I, I have Ukrainian Jewish heritage. Uh, no, you don't. Uh, I was the producer of the Spider-Man musical. No, you weren't, right? Like, just one of those, I wouldn't feel confident ever being, like, in public where I could get questioned about it, you know? Yeah. Oh, didn't I don't he know say how he, he created carbon capture also? <laughs> yeah, like, he did. He did claim that, of course yeah. he did. Of course he did. Come well, on. someone had to. Come on. Someone had to. <laughs> so uh, this is another one. What are the entertaining kind of like uh, monetarily? Just I, look, I'm not, I don't have a number in my head. <laughs> like the fact that I'm having these conversations, these are conversations I never had in a million years thought I would be having. But when in Rome, <laughs> you know, let's have when the conversations. A lot has changed over the last uh, recycle, so over the last six years. So from 18 to now, a lot has changed. The Ethics Committee has allowed so many things, and it's been bipartisan and across the aisle. So I think, uh, you know, this is, this, is, this is a different time in Congress where they're understanding that this is just going to be a new way of doing things. What are they in? Okay. This is just this guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. it's, it's... I mean, like, I feel like, you know, it's not, it's not sort of, you know, he got indicted. And so it's, it's like, you know, what more, but I feel like these recordings really do lay it out in the open. Like exactly. So there's no question really what his thought process is on a lot of these Okay. Things. Sorry. This is, this is this one more. This is the one you're talking about, about him running for president. This, I got to hear what, <laughs> got to hear this delusion. It's not a thought that I have his hat. Let me make that very clear. It's not a thought I have not had. Um, in light of all the shadows and all the freaking frenzy and fanfare over my SEC filings, until I can get all that squared away and put it to bed, the sheer thought of me opening an exploratory presidential committee would break Don't all the rules. It's not. Right. Like, I mean, the, like the idea he'd even consider oh, the only reason I'm not running for president yet is because of all of this like a drama going. <laughs> the, <laughs> Otherwise, the exploratory committee is formed. Right. Yeah. Like it's one wow. thing. Like Trump is one situation because they we're talking about like a celebrity for like 50 years. Everyone knows who. It's a it's a different thing. George mm -hmm. Santos. There's no constituency. Like no one's running to the polls for George Santos. Like it's just it's True. so delusional that he thinks because he's been in the headlines that all of a sudden. He has this ability to run for president and be successful. It is just uh, the sheer delusion is is mind boggling to me. The double standards, too. Right. Like, could you imagine if a Democrat had one of the 47 different George Santos lies? Like just one, just one. And any any given one. My my, my mom died on 9-11. The, the, you know, Ukrainian Holocaust survivors. You name it. Just pick any one of them. Also, it sucks about the dog. That's why I'm like, I used to love the idea of George Santos. I thought he was like, you know, Santos Claus. Like, if you believe in him, he's real and all this kind of stuff. But like, <laughs> then, it turns, then it turns out he's a fucking asshole. So he's like taking the, the money that was like, what, crowdfunded to save a dog's life. And then the dog died and he just kept the cash. Like, what a monster. Yeah, that was when he was dead to me officially. Like, yeah, I was okay same. with it. I thought it was funny. But you don't, you can't do that. Like, dogs are precious. And for you to do that to an innocent animal, um... Yeah, I feel like he should be in the gulag for life. Um, fuck him. <laughs> the whitest sentiment ever. 
You there, Ale? Yeah. I, heard I, I, I just hear Ale and me laughing in the background. Numbering to myself. Literally, Micah's Mike talking. I'm like, white people. <laughs> it's so true, though. <laughs> Truly is. Like I would die for my dog in a heartbeat without a question. Oh yeah, Chico's my life. Yeah, dogs yeah. too much work. No, no thanks. I'm good. Are you a cat it, person? It David? is true. I I had a, a couple dogs growing up. It's just I wouldn't have one now, especially with a child. At least a toddler. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so much. Not a a toddler's animal. too much work. Not, not to add an animal, animal to that. <laughs> I know I like animals. I don't like having to worry. The, the thing is, I worry too much. So I would just mm. be. I would feel bad anytime I leave the house. Anytime I do anything, mm. like I yeah, think about, oh, I can't do it's this because I got to think about the animal at home. Like it's just, it's just, it's no. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is something to uh, consider. I feel very bad whenever we have to leave uh, because the dogs feel like you know we've been gone for months. When you come back and they're just traumatized and it makes me feel sad. So yeah, I, I get that. Sure. And like uh, at least at least toddlers grow up, right? Like they become mm-hmm. people and adults are they're always people, but they become adults and like they can think for themselves. Dogs, they're just uh, they're always children. They're perma kids, <laughs> so, yeah. They're perma toddlers. It's just like no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. Cats yeah. though, cats I'm a little more open to because they take care of themselves. They can be home for a couple of days as long as you have food and water out. So mm-hmm. I'm a little more open to cats, but uh, dogs are just too much work. I'm open to cats. I love my cat so much, but my cat doesn't love me as much. Like, that love is not reciprocated. My cat loves my husband exclusively and hates me. In fact, she knocked over my <laughs> Lego set. It was like a bouquet, destroyed it. What? She just, she likes to fuck with me. She likes to bully me. Like, I'm bullied in my own home because of my cat. I love that cats, like, will not fuck with you just because you live in their house. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that about cats. So, like, if a cat loves you, like, literally every day, I'm like, my cat fucks with me for real. He don't even have to, but he fucks with me, loves me. I'm like, oh, I'm so great. Literally, I walk around all day just affirming Raheem. Just like, you know you're the greatest cat ever, and that's not because you're my cat. It's because you are. If you weren't the greatest cat ever, you wouldn't even live here. You're the cat. Like, <laughs> I love my son. I mean, my cat, like, she'll be, like, I don't want to make her out to be this, like, horrible horrible animal because she will let me pet her but it's like okay two pets any more than that i'm gonna fucking bite you <laughs> like she's very very um oh that's all cats though they're all very no, particular no, about no they're all not, very not, particular about how many <laughs> how, what, cats. that is not all cats raheem don't scratch me raheem let me do anything i can really do yes i can well, main coons are very chill like my cat is a main coon too and yeah. she's very chill with my husband but not me it's like i don't i don't know what i did but my dogs love me my dogs love the shit out of me so uh, we can talk briefly about Trump if you want, or the the, tra- the town hall at least. So I covered the town hall today. I, I don't know. If I watched your video. Really go through any, any oh. clips. Thank you. <laughs> but um, today, at least I just saw this. So CNN is kind of now in defense mode because they're all being criticized for for platforming all of Trump's BS again. Uh, Anderson Cooper came out. Oh, this is longer than I thought. Two minutes, but. We'll watch a bit of this. This is him defending um, their whole town hall. And I'm curious what he's going to say and what uh, we're going to think about it. Many of you have expressed deep anger and disappointment. Many of you are upset that someone who attempted to destroy our democracy was invited to sit on a stage in front of a crowd of Republican voters to answer questions and predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie. And I get it. It was disturbing. 
It was disturbing to see and hear that person refer to a black law enforcement officer as a thug, an adjective he used many times to describe black men, and call Caitlin Collins, the moderator, nasty, which is what he calls any woman who stands up to him. It was disturbing to hear him speak so highly of QAnon conspirators and insurrectionists who assaulted police officers in our democracy on January 6th. And it was awful to hear him spread ridiculous lies about the election. It was certainly disturbing to hear that audience, young and old, our fellow citizens, people who love their kids and go to church, laugh and applaud his lies and his continued defamation of a woman who, according to a jury of his peers, he sexually abused and defamed. As good a job as Caitlin Collins did trying to fact check him, it is impossible to fact check fully because he lies so shamelessly. Now, many of you think CNN shouldn't have given him any platform to speak, and I understand the anger about that, giving him the audience, the time, I get that. But this is what I also get. The man you were so disturbed to see and hear from last night, that man is the front runner for the Republican nomination for president. And according to polling, no other Republican is even close. That man you were so upset to hear from last night, he was so president upset. of the United States in less than two years. Wait, press pause. Upset you? He was the president of the United I States. Right, right. I know. Why, this you, is what why I... are you talking about it if it's this like little like this little rising star no one may not have ever heard of that we need to <laughs> yeah. we need to shine a light on this film. Up and coming. Yes. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> Everybody knows. Continue. That's a sampling of about half the country. They are your family members, your neighbors, and they are voting. Many said they're voting for him. <laughs> Now, maybe you haven't been paying attention to him since he left office. Maybe you've been enjoying not hearing from him, thinking it can't happen again. Some investigation is going to stop him. Well, it hasn't so far. So if last night showed anything, it showed it can happen again. It is happening again. He hasn't changed, and he is running hard. Oh, you have I'm right sorry. I don't... This and is... like. Why did it happen the first time? Because CNN helped give him millions in free media, platforming all of his rallies without any pushback at all for months on end. And that helped to add to his popularity and his rise within the party. Like, yeah. this, like the, they're doing like it's happening again. Yeah. With your help, if you continue doing this, yeah. platforming all his because here's the thing. You can't there's no way to properly combat Trump in a one-on-one -on -one situation like that because he lie he lies upon lies upon lies within one sentence H how can anybody possibly address that properly like there's no uh, i'm not i'm not i don't know what the clear answer is to this because i understand the point he's trying to make like yeah trump is running for president be aware of him but like we are aware of him and, and when you have an audience just laughing and clapping at everything he says Anybody who is apolitical, if they, those people still exist or, you know, you know, in passing, seeing this in an airport, he comes off as likable because of the whole environment he is in and the laughing and the clapping and the supporting of him. Like, it's just it doesn't help when he just bulldozes the moderator and the crowd loves him. There's no then what's the point of even doing this entire town hall? Like, I just don't understand the point of doing it. Yeah, and that and they, came off as really disingenuous to me, too, for Anderson Cooper to make it seem like, oh, no, you know, light is the biggest disinfectant. Like, he didn't say that, but that was the implication. And it's like, we already know. Like, stop treating him like a normal candidate because he's not. By the way, our guest is here, Jesse Gender. Yes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I came Hi, Jesse. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we right just in the started talking about Trump. Rant, Trump. Sorry. 
good. Uh, just, uh, I was just like, oh, of course, I come in talking about this guy. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, uh, my name is Jesse Gender, for all of you who don't know me, um, or known as Jesse Gender on the intro, my actual name is Jesse Earl, and I'm a video essayist who um, makes videos about LGBTQ issues, transgender issues specifically, as well as social and political issues um, as well that sort of are adjacent or close to to that, but aren't necessarily always specific on trans and LGBTQ issues. And then also I'm a giant nerd, so I also try and talk about pop culture and sort of analyze uh, pop culture like Star Trek and things like that through a through a leftist lens, I guess is probably the hmm. best way to put it. So in trying to say like, hey, here's how we can like look at how pop culture sort of fits into what we're talking about in the real world right now. So yeah. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So I have an important question on that note since you said you're a nerd. Are you also very excited about Tears of the Kingdom releasing tomorrow? <laughs> no, see, oh man, I feel like a bad nerd because in terms of gaming, <laughs> in terms of that specific game, because I've never gotten into Zelda. Like I've mm. never gotten into mm. that particular genre. I keep trying and I'm like, mm -hmm. I get like, 10 minutes in and I always fail specifically with those oh, games wow. I hate weapon durability I hate weapon durability oh, that's fair. Oh, yeah. I hear that it grew on me I like Same. the I like the Zelda like stories I think they're mm -hmm. probably the most well-written video games there are but I it's just not my style of video game to play exactly it's like it's like yeah. i have so much respect for them but then i just sort of like am aimless and like i don't know where i'm supposed to go what i'm supposed to do here i might i'm a big uh, fan of like um i'm more like story heavy game like like really mm. really big story heavy games like mass effect or you can kind of see it behind wait me but like that, but so. zelda's a very story <laughs> it is it is it is <laughs> in a much more like kind of it's, it's more yeah it's 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 less direct uh, mm -hmm. Than maybe like a Mass Effect is in terms of dialogue. I mean, yeah, Link yeah. doesn't really speak. Oh, with right? dialogue and stuff. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I'm I just don't like the whole the whole long winded dozens of hours of gameplay. It's it's not a game you could just pick up and play. I also mm -hmm. uh, don't really like single player games all that much because I've been spoiled by online multiplayer mm -hmm. games. Oh, see, I'm the exact opposite. I just I just play single mm -hmm. like I barely play multiplayer games. I just play single player same. games. So yep. Yeah. Same. I'm more that well, way. You're all anti-social. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's nice to have you, Jesse. Oh, thank yeah, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Actually, uh, I was saying earlier, I uh, just randomly I quote tweeted one of your tweets this morning, not knowing mm. you're going to be on the show. It was the the gaming one, four games that defined your childhood. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I was like, oh, cool, we're gonna have a gamer on. Awesome. Yeah. I was um, also did you uh, mentioning that earlier. I did, yes. Hmm. Oh. I was going to say, I was also mentioning earlier uh, how I think you have, like, Dollars for Donuts, the best debunking of what is a woman by Matt Walsh. And so I was trying to promote <laughs> that to everyone. Um, and you also got hmm. in trouble for that one, too, right? Didn't, like, you get uh, a video flagged or something? Yeah, no, so that the story of that one is, is, is fun um, because, yeah, I put up that video. And immediately, like, an hour after it went up, um, it got taken down and got a community violation um because uh of unwanted sexualization in the video and i had to go through this whole fight with youtube i'm also on nebula so nebula reached out to youtube and finally got them to tell me what the problem was um and why i got that violation and the reason is in the video there's it, it like at the top i have like a joke uh, uh mannequin with matt walsh's face on it um it's just like a naked woman mannequin with matt walsh's face on it and i caught in at the opening of the video going like oh it's okay baby we'll have like we'll take it slow like that that was the joke um, and it was just like meant to be like, oh, kind of like he, the the cartoon version of Matt Walsh that I have here uh, is like consenting to like go on a date with me or whatever. And they consider that unwanted sexualization, 
which is hilarious because it's like I, as a trans woman, make a slightly sexualized joke about a cartoon version of that man, whereas Walsh can sexualize trans people's bodies all day and it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like trans people sexualize a cis person. It's it's awful, and a cis person sexualizes trans people. It's Tuesday, so yeah. St- St- Steven Crowder has literally uploaded segments where he dresses as a trans person and pretends to 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 in yeah. these segments oh. rape rape people in prison. Yeah, like that's me, his me, whole... me being like, oh, we'll take it slow, baby. Oh, hello, like that's literally that's it was two seconds, and that's unwanted sexualization. So yeah, that's fun times. <laughs> It just yeah, showcased, that's so ridiculous. It showcased the it, it, to me. It showcased. I want to say the hypocrisy of YouTube, which is true. They continually let that man can do horrible shit, mm-hmm. but it also oh, just yeah. showcased to me too, like the implicit assumptions around like the sexualization of trans people. Like we are inherently mm-hmm. seen as sexual beings, so it's okay to talk us about uh, talk about us in those terms as like being a fetish by just existing. Whereas again, I do it to someone like Matt Walsh and like the people at YouTube who makes those decisions, like instantly see that as like, oh, that's sexualizing him. Whereas him talking about us is just like, there's no like understanding of like him sexualizing us. When that's YouTube uh, wasn't yeah, taking yeah. down or doing anything about the entire, like when Boston Children's Hospital was getting multiple bomb threats, teachers, mm-hmm. nurses, they were getting fucking tons and tons of death threats and stuff like that. I was like, YouTube, you, you are one of the things facilitating this right now. You know, I, I, you have to take a stance. You can't like just become queer for like one month of the year when it's pride and then you put the logo on and everyone's like, yay, you care. Mm-hmm. When like this is like this is having real world consequences, what this man is saying. Yeah, no, it's mm-hmm. it's it's ridiculous because even recently, like he he came out and says, "Oh, my channel got demonetized because of the Dylan Mulvaney stuff because I was uh uh you know and he wasn't using the pronoun her is like oh because I use the biological like pronoun um and it's like that's what took YouTube to get to that point like the the, the like it's I mean mm-hmm. it showcases like how ridiculous that situation around Dylan Mulvaney is like that that's what got them there but it's like that's the thing not not the Boston Children's Hospital not his repeated like sending yeah. people his audience to harass like trans people and trans supported people directly like giving people phone numbers and again calling trans people fetishes and and mutilated and all that jazz like literally every day so yeah yeah and and making so much money did you see how much money yeah 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 it was ridiculous it was i forgot what the number what it was like i think he said a hundred thousand dollars a month right yeah a month (laughs) it's like i wish Well, it also showed his his stuff got leaked, right? And he had those like emails with Steven Crowder where like he said, like, I'm a capitalist. So I'm going to really double down on this stuff. It just showcases like how much of like it. I mean, we already knew this. It is just like people uh, just doing it for money to grift. But it's like you did think about like him being like one of the true believers, like he really believed the bullshit a little bit. But it's like, nah, he's just doing it for money. And you see that like his audience spiked up as soon as he started doing trans shit. Like you don't he wasn't feel like it's, a million. It's, it's... Well, do you not feel like it's both with him? Because there is an element of Matt oh, Walsh sure, where I yeah. feel that he's like, he is so deeply unpleasant, un, like unentertaining. Like at least like Alex Jones is a massive monster, but at least he's, you could say he's entertaining. <laughs> Matt Walsh is not that. So I feel like Matt Walsh mm-hmm. has to be extra horrifying and horrible because otherwise, why would anyone pay attention to him? Same, he's, same he's like. so boring. Like, They're all yeah. boring. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah. Just like higher right check. Same thing. That's it. A- that's another thing too that's hilarious too is that in the in the video that I did on him I make like I just make dumb jokes about him like he looks like a Wolverine cosplayer 
because uh, he's always wearing the freaking flannel and has a terrible beard. Like, shit like that. Uh, and I keep getting so many, like, tone policing comments from, like, Matt Walsh fans who come on the video who are just like, oh, well, I was going to listen to you, but how dare you, like, uh, insult him and make, say his beard is mid. Oh, that's You're the softest ridiculous. people in like, the world. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Literally every day, it's just like, I was willing to give you a shot, but then you insulted his beard in the first two minutes. You just showcased your, your trans agenda. I'm like, okay. So ridiculous. <laughs> As if you, you would have been able to win them over had you not oh, mentioned yeah, no, that. No, Come I don't on. feel bad about it at all. I'm happy I made the joke. Screw him. He has a mid-beard. Uh, but, uh... His, his beard is mid, and I think he needs to get on my level. Maybe yeah, exactly. he's Maybe he's lacking some tea. But he's uh, like he's he's just yeah he's, he's, he's a this is fine be a real man come on yeah no I think that like a lot of these people it is absolutely just negative engagement farming like I, I think you made the great point Jesse that like these people are untalented hacks and so in order to get or I guess I should say in order to make up for the lack of talent they can get attention by just being as extreme as possible. Like, mm -hmm. it wasn't until Matt Walsh started to find success with his anti-trans bullshit that we saw Michael Knowles uh, start talking about, you know, uh, trans people and making genocidal comments like that. So if you don't have talent, that's what they do. And it's really unfortunate that it works because it shouldn't. Like, it should be transparent and people should just see that these people are just very clearly trying to elicit a reaction. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about before, right? Where it's like the, so much of trans issues are are misunderstood or misinformed about. Um, and so people don't like understand the, the nuances of a lot of it. And people are learning and that's fine. People are on learning journeys. But because there is that gap in, in knowledge, people can then go out and say extreme horrific shit, which then gen sort of generates all the attention and clicks. But because it's not as understood, places like YouTube and other places are, don't like have rules about it, don't understand it. And so like, like, well, maybe that's fine if he's saying that and don't like have like clear like lines in the sand about that crap because trans issues are so misunderstood, quite obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so they just are allowed to say horrific, toxic, genocidal crap um, and get away with it because our society generally uh, just does not understand what these things actually mean for for trans people's lives and what it means also too for for other folks too because you know when you attack trans people you're also attacking you know bodily autonomy rights and things like that and it dovetails with so many other things like women's rights and and you know issues of you know people of color and things like that as well so yeah yeah it's all interconnected mm -hmm. uh, yeah it's um the climate has gotten very very scary with regard to um the trans issues and i don't like I always try to um, temper my rhetoric. I don't want to be perceived as being too hyperbolic, but I feel like at this point in time, like this is genocidal territory. And like, mm -hmm. even if you're in a blue state, transphobia can still like, you're more protected, but transphobia is still rampant. Like I I've been arguing with my family all week because one of my trans family members was attacked by one of my cousins oh, uh, just because it was, there was a photograph posted on them. Uh, so it's like, Oh, here's a photograph of a trans person. So that photograph was clearly posted because you want attention. It's not like other people don't also post photographs of themselves. Yeah, no, you know, it's, it's every time it's every time a trans person does something, it's like signs of our narcissism. You know, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a narcissist because I'm a YouTuber, not because I'm trans. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, like, yeah, no, it's just like anytime a trans person speaks up or anything, they always say is like, oh, you're narcissistic. Oh, especially for trans women. Oh, you're, you're socialized male or you're just showing your, you know, your masculinity. It's just like the same thing constantly with, with really a lot of marginalized people. Whenever they speak up, it's just sort of like ways to sort of delegitimize their speaking up about their own issues constantly. 
constantly. And, and yeah, when it, it, you know, people do sometimes think that like the rhetoric around trans genocide is, is hyperbolic. And I understand that because a lot of, you know, people's common views of like genocide is like, you know, people sent to camps and mass deaths, like, you know, mm -hmm, mass graves right. or thing. But like genocide is also like trying to deny people being them whole selves, trying to take away kids from families, which we see in different states um, right now, where like there are laws that say you can take people away from their parents and separate families. And also to like things like Florida, where they sort of like have this like three degrees of separation where it's like you can you if you're if you exist in public, not in your assigned gender, that's the like sexual grooming. Um, and then they can, you know, they have a law now that they just passed that says, you know, anyone accused of sexual grooming can be put up for the death penalty. Clearly, like the dot connecting the dots of like you can be killed for being trans. Um, and so like, yeah, it's it's not like what people commonly conceptualize of as genocide, but it is trans people getting killed, ostracized, put out, split up from their families, cut off from our own identity and, and our own sense of culture and community. Um, so so I understand why people think it's hyperbolic, but it, I, I, I don't think it is in the slightest. So, yeah, I've gotten to the point where I feel like whenever I talk about like one of these new laws, like I almost feel like. Uh, it's incumbent on me to use the word genocide just because we're at that point and I feel like the normies, uh, the people who don't follow this, they really have to pay attention yeah. uh, and they need to realize how how serious the situation is and it's only going to get worse uh, if this continues. I mean, like, it's we're in May, right? Middle of May and there's been almost 500 bills introduced across the country, most of them uh, bans on gender-affirming care. I mean, this is, like, record-breaking. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just it's genuinely scary and to see, like, that rhetoric kind of like trickle down into like personal circle circles and whatnot it's just mm -hmm. it, you can tell how vicious and how like wide-reaching like the transphobia is like because like going back to like my family like the talking points that they use very clearly come from fox news mm -hmm. um and mm -hmm. you know it also shows you how like a lot of these issues are interconnected like there's there's a lot of uh like there's this push by the right i think this is all astroturf to like separate the uh lgb from the t but mm -hmm. i mean these you can't do that because i mean trans and gay people are discriminated against for the same reason like we violate gender norms but like, mm -hmm. you have, like people who after i defended my trans family member coming out and telling me their true feelings about homosexuals again so it's like uh, see like it takes it, so little to like get them to let the mask come off and yeah it's just it's ridiculous so yeah it, it, like it's it's all interconnected as you say because like it, a lot of like why trans people are are so vilified is we clearly showcase a lot like we we sort of destroy a lot of the implicit assumptions we have about gender mm -hmm. um in our society and often gender is a lot of ways that we sort of build off of uh different bigotries you know how we sort of like uh see men and women as separate and women is like weak and needing to be protected and you know we have be in the home and men go and do like ha do all the work and, and things like that and women's bodies need to be controlled constantly but uh but then also you can tie it into like one of the things that i always like to showcase a lot of these assumptions is sports you know there's the big mm -hmm. thing about trans people in sports and i actually like to use that as a great discussion point because there's a lot of people that sort of assume that like well you know women are weaker and so if you have a biological male quote-unquote put into uh women's sports it's uh you're they're they're going to be beating up beating women all the time da -da -da, cisgender women but the question that i propose is why do we have a sort of delineation of men versus women in sports anyways because there are things where you know some people will be able to be better at certain things like figure skating movements things like that it's like there are better ways to sort of segregate in sports 
rather than just along gendered lines. And mm -hmm. by adding trans people into the discussion, it points that out because quite often, and this sort of goes to the interconnected nature of it all, is often you'll see when people try to set laws or, or rules in sports about like, you need to have so much testosterone level to be able to compete in women's sports or so estrogen level, whatever the, the line is, it'll not just uh, sort of um, ostracize white trans women, but also under, uh, ostracize black uh, people from black women specifically often from being in there because our idea of what a woman is is often white womanhood and white privileged womanhood mm -hmm. and so it showcases a lot of like the assumptions around trans people often are based off of like the like race science that created a lot of our gender expectations a uh, long time ago as well and, and showcase a lot of the implicit racism and a lot of these assumptions that, that underlie a lot of it so mm -hmm. yeah it's all interconnected is basically the the thing yeah. so well put since we brought up sports and matt walsh <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this this week, but uh, this apparently ice hockey, not manly. Like they're, they're now. <laughs> and of course, Matt Walsh is the expert on what is and isn't manly. Apparently, um, this this is just like I don't know. I don't know what their the goal is here, <laughs> but this is just uh, incredible. The organizations NFL, NFL and NHL are, are, are both certainly a lot less manly today than they were uh, even 10 years ago, 20, certainly 30 years ago. Um, but if we were having this conversation 10 years ago, um, before the NHL uh, started doing Pride Nights and all the rest of it, uh, then maybe you can make an argument for the NHL. Um, but now, and, and the, the NFL went woke too, but not to that level. Like, the NFL teams don't get fight. Where they got to wear the rainbow uh, uniforms and everything else. So, NFL wins out for that alone. Which, by the way, just to interject, the, there's only, so the NHL, I mean, they're attempting to try and be a little more uh, open to some of this stuff. Um, they have, uh, it's, it's the, it's the pregame, like, uh, outfit there's like a pride night that mm -hmm. every team at some point has had where there's a rainbow somewhere on on the outfit and most players wear it some have have objected and and haven't worn it um but that's like that's all this it's barely even like scratching the surface of like inclusivity yeah. <laughs> and this already has apparently made uh uh hockey uh, no longer manly well nhl is pride nights nfl doesn't at this point so nfl wins then we talk about the sports, and yeah, on hockey, you've got, first of all, fighting after the play is part, I mean, I'm, I'm, that's cool. The fact that you can just beat the hell out of each other for reasons, nothing to do with what's actually happening on the, I don't know, I've never watched hockey, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't even watched hockey, and he's like, just going off about what, what, what sports are manly and what's not manly. Like, this is so... How how is how is he not embarrassed? Like how is this not just completely embarrassing to be? Th this is what you're doing now. <laughs> it's just like you're the the decider on what is a manly sport, and you don't even watch sports. Like what <laughs> what are you what are you doing? Like I don't understand how this guy has any appeal at all. This he is the most uncharismatic, boring ass right wing individual <laughs> that exists in media, yet somehow making a hundred million dollars. Like a month it just this this guy is is uh, i don't get it don't yeah get he, it. matt walsh is what you get when you order the humanist report from wish.com i don't understand <laughs> how this man has a platform i mean come on how does he have no, more subs gives, than me he gives his audience what they want you know he i mean is. not saying so do you I, don't, though. But, but but his uh, 
his audience is a lot more willing to pay for it because they are, uh, you know, they they are. They, first of all, they have a lot more money. Just period. Yeah, right, true. Right, right wing audience definitely has more money than a left wing audience. There's no mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Um, they're older usually, so you know they have more uh, money to throw around. Yeah, you guys and get it, mad at each other. You just beat the hell out of each other, and it's understood that that's what you're going to do. Um, so that that's cool. You don't have that as much in football, but at the same time, I got to deduct points based on the fact that you're. You are on ice skates, which is a little bit, you know, it's like that's what figure skaters use, and it's like it's a little bit sort of. This dainty, is so you know, petulant and weird. Around. It really is like all oh, the girl, I you want might him get to the take a from the, the ice skates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's it's so it's so worried about like appearances and like yeah. oh yeah someone someone may think I'm a little girly because I'm wearing skates because figure skaters also wear skates like it's this is like what like this is what like eight year olds talk about. <laughs> Like this is this is so this is so surface level like weirdo bullshit, and anyway, this just He's... made me think like I want to see him get hit into the boards. I want to see him get a puck to the face, <laughs> and I, I want to see how he takes that. Like, the, like it's just it. All of this is so stupid. He's the type of person who, uh, like, when he's trying on shirts at the store, he's asking his wife not if it fits him or if it looks good on him, but does this make me look gay? Is there too much, like, girly colors? Somebody said, uh, Kathleen said in the chat, yeah, nothing beats the riveting commentary, like Mike's commentary on K. Ivy's burp. You go, queen. Thank you, right? That is exponentially more substantive than anything Matt Walsh has ever said. He's just, it's just funny when you're talking about how boring he is because he really just, it's like, just showcase all they have is like hate. They have to say extreme shit because they're just dull. They don't have anything interesting to say. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. It's like, they're also have- stupid. So they just try to fill the air. So they just keep talking and then they end up talking about the dumbest shit imaginable. It's just, mm-hmm. it's like they're filibustering their own shows. It's just, <laughs> I, I just don't understand how people can watch this. And they try um, to like one up each other because like, like him and, and who's the other guy? Uh, Michael Knowles, who's also incredibly boring. Like, like there was one week where Michael Knowles, I, for, I forget what it is now, thank God, that he's not as important in my brain. <laughs> I just forget about him. But he said something that was, like, really extreme and saying it got covered by everybody. And then the next week he tried something else and it didn't hit as strong. Like, the, they're just trying every week to see what does and doesn't hit for them. And it's it's purely it's purely about money. And they do not mm-hmm. care about the hate they are spreading. They don't care about the impact at all. It's just, what can I do for people to cover me to know I exist because I'm a failed actor. All these people like failed actors, failed writers, Ben Shapiro, failed writer, his parents mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yet he spends all this time complaining about Hollywood. Uh, someone like Dave Rubin failed comedian. Michael Knowles was a failed actor. Like all these people have all this, this background in trying to be famous in some way or another and failed at doing that. So they found a way to be famous by having no soul. And that, that's mm-hmm. essentially what all yeah. these people do now. Yeah, I saw through R.M. Brown's uh, video, he was talking about Michael Knowles, who brought on like this expert to talk about how porn can hypnotize you. Uh, I think he said in particular, like trans porn. And I'm just like, dude, you're okay. (laughs) There's so many layers to the insanity. You're talking about projection. I'm betting there. They're hypnotizing me with the porn. It's not my fault that I watch so much of it. (laughs) Yeah. Is that not like him telling on himself where he's this concerned about porn? It's like, listen, there's a simple solution. Don't watch porn, but you are and you feel guilty about it, which is why you're trying to, I don't know, talk with an expert about porn and how it's hypnotizing people. I, it's just it's so deeply unserious that the fact that people take this seriously makes me lose faith in humanity. I just it's making me misanthropic. Literally, I can't I can't I can't take it. 
it goes a lot to like a lot of like the mass like kind of what, what matt walsh was like articulating in that thing with the figure seats so that it always goes back to this like need to project masculinity and so it's like mm -hmm. these people are like attracted to trans women uh you know and would seek out porn or whatever but then that makes them feel unmanly because like oh am i attracted to a man because they see us as men and so they have like these like questions of self and then they project that onto trans people it's mm -hmm. like no it's fine it's okay like i always hate to make fun of people like watching trans. it's like it's fine it's okay do whatever you do i'm not gonna like kink shame you or like judge like your 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 interest in in anything but it's like you project your own insecurities about your own manhood and your own like desires onto others and have to be like oh i'm a man actually so i'm gonna you know legislate and and hate on trans people because of my own bullshit that i'm putting forth and it all just comes back to that need to constantly project manliness and manhood and mm -hmm. like be a strong dude or be yeah, super deep straight. insecurity it mm -hmm. really exposed their insecurity like it, it mm -hmm. it's so blatant yeah i'm not like i don't go through life thinking man is is this action that i'm doing is this movie that i'm watching gay or is this a little bit too straight i mean no, no, who's thinking about this shit? I mean, come on, people. <laughs> I mean, who who's who cares about this? Like, I mean, I will. I'll so make weird. I'll make any piece of media gay if you ask me. With enough time, I'm a Star Trek fan. We made Kirk and Spock gay in 1966. So we'll, <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, I'd have to ask because, like, I'd imagine as being you said you're a six on the Kinsey scale, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You you grew up, and all media is heteronormative. Like every love story you probably ever saw when you were growing up was heteronormative like love stories and it's like mm. I find when there's like one movie where it's like or I was trying to recommend sometimes to different people that incredible like episode of The Last of Us or stuff like that and I had like a friend who was like oh yeah but like uh, I, I don't know if I could watch like, a, a gay love story and feel the same way that I would for like a straight I was like what what no no trust me and obviously they were totally wrong when they watched it they were like mm. oh that was that was unbelievable that's the most beautiful love story ever. I was like I told you I told you like just love is love it, it doesn't matter uh, you know what the combination is <laughs> yeah no for me i think i'm just desensitized to it honestly because i've seen it um i've seen you know heterosexuality portrayed forever so like if there's a sex scene in a movie that's when i just start like daydreaming i'm like god this is so fucking boring mm -hmm. how do people <laughs> like this like it, you know if it were a conservative and they saw a gay sex scene they'd be like oh i'm outraged i, I can't look at this but then they want to look at it but for me i'm just like <laughs> bored because i'm not insecure you know what i mean and if if there was like a gay sex scene and i'm like or I mean, a straight sex scene. I'm like, oh wow, this is actually a really attractive couple. Like, who cares? Like, I mean, we're like, they just <laughs> yeah. they overthink so much about their sexuality, about their gender, and it just looks like a really miserable way to live. Like, I can't imagine going through life being so insecure about every single element of your life, bro. Just live. Just do you do whatever feels natural, and you will be happy. But they're fundamentally unhappy, which is why they're trying to bring all of us down because misery loves company. Mm hmm. It's well, this it's, fear to like face who they are and just face themselves and and maybe contemplate like how they actually feel about things because all of us grow up indoctrinated in some way, grow up to think a certain way, and we eventually find ways to break out of that. But you have to allow yourself to break out of that. You have to allow yourself to explore other ideas, other feelings you may have, because if you just continue, like as you said, like look away when the gay scene happens, like you, you're never gonna know if you're gonna like it. Like <laughs> maybe <laughs> pay attention. And, like it's it. And like the idea that if there was like a you know a heterosexual sex scene and Mike like you like were scared to look at it because it made you straight <laughs> like it's just like that doesn't happen because it's so ridiculous. But these people they're so right. afraid of of being exposed to anything else that <laughs> that isn't you know in their minds uh, normal. It, it's just it's it's a sad way to live. It's yeah. I mean, listen, if, if I go through a midlife crisis and a sex scene uh, like intrigues me that from straight couples and I'm like, oh my god. Uh, 
women are cute all of a sudden. Uh, who gives a shit? I, I mean, Jesus Christ. Sorry, go ahead, Jesse. No, 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 no. But it's just, it goes to like, all of this just goes to like, a lot of our culture just tries to uh, remove people from being able to articulate themselves in many ways. I, I'm actually, I'm working on a video right now that'll be coming out that's about how masculinity actually in a lot of ways, like is, is trying to, the way we think about masculinity, like cuts people off from trying to actually explore themselves. It's like, always mm. live up to be this guy, always live up to be this manly man, be this dude for society that can often get co-opted for like capitalist ends, like be in competition with each other. You gotta, you know, fight, you know, go out and work for the corporations to make money and be in competition or like push other people away from you and, and control other people, dominate other people. And it's just about pushing people away from actually understanding the, their identity and understanding themselves and instead be what, you know, the capitalism and, you know, our society wants people to be for, for it to function. And so all of these things, like a lack of representation, a lack of like seeing these things in media is, is all about like denying people the ability to like see potential ways that they could live and then be able to articulate that for themselves. So you see like this always like this wokeness in media, like, oh, they showed a gay character in a, in a movie or whatever. It's 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 coming from this sense of like, oh, I can't see that because again, I don't want to be that. But it, it's like, but you should be able to see that so that you can understand whether or not it's something that you like. It's like we, you know, it's one of the one of the best things I had a friend of mine did. He's a straight dude, but he's just like, you know, I never really questioned me being straight. And he actually like went out and like looked at like gay stuff and stuff like that to see like, no, this doesn't turn me on. But now I know. And it just makes you like understand your own self because you are able to like see what you're not. Um, mm -hmm. But our society just wants to push those away from for from it. So it just says be this thing. And often it's ways that, you know, in, push you know control domination be a strong man that ultimately fits into our you were you were also society. talking about um yeah. like a, a main character being gay i mean if we're talking like disney for example it's it's mm -hmm. like it's it's a side character that can get mm -hmm. like, edited mm -hmm. out of foreign markets and that's enough like that in and of itself it's like oh yes there's this like character they don't have any lines or whatever but it's implied not even said but it's implied mm -hmm. that this is like you know the partner of the man and so isn't that neat we did it you know we're if you blink you'll miss that. it yeah Even exactly that gets like that gets like that that also fits that too because yeah those like those representations often are very so shallow and tokenistic so you hear a lot mm -hmm. of these people like the sjw's wokeness is ruining media and it's because they're so shallow and they just shove gay people into things and it's like the thing that they're they're, they're actually articulating that they're feeling is like these things are shallow they are meaningless additions because they aren't doing like they aren't taking the time to actually represent these characters like the you know look at disney characters who are like gay but like are those characters gay the whole movie or are they gay for the one moment where they kiss each other and then the rest of the movie they act like a straight character and mm -hmm. it's just like not actually showing what it means to be gay which is why i love the last of us episode mm -hmm. so much uh by the way since we talked about it is like that actually just represent like those characters felt like full people to the point where there was that sex scene in that episode and it wasn't like the like yeah let's get these two gay guys go it wasn't this like fetishized view of gay uh sex it was like uh what was the i'm blanking on his name the the actor um from uh parks and rec uh ron swanson uh, oh no that's ron the character yeah yeah nick offerman nick offerman it's nick offerman um <laughs> but uh he uh he's like he's like scared in that scene too to like have sex like, if you watch the scene he's like i've never done this before like and that's a really realistic portrayal 
of a gay man having like sex for the first time and, and not knowing how to talk about it. And like that felt real. And it's like mm-hmm. we need more of that in media. Like the thing when people complain about like wokeness right. in media is because they're they're understanding the shallowness of it, of how it is just corporations being like, oh, we'll, we'll toss in our rainbow flag, you know, in the, in the thing uh, that we can edit out for foreign markets um, right. and use that as an excuse to not represent anything. Um, but yeah, sorry, I'm cutting you off, but yeah, it's oh, no, just, yeah, you're good. no, so. no, 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 you keep talking. Yeah, no, I was just going to say like, uh, yeah, it's just, it, they're, they're understanding that element of it, but they're not understanding, uh, that the answer, the answer is not don't do any gay shit at all, or don't do any like, you know, diverse, you know, you know, characters at all. It's to do it better and actually include people in making it. Mm-hmm. So. That's why I, I have this theory that there are a lot more people who are bi than mm-hmm. they realize because mm-hmm. I agree with this theory. Society yep. is so geared towards <laughs> being straight that if if you're attracted to the opposite sex, which be, bi people are, there's no reason to like even question or explore the other side of that unless you're put in a situation or you open yourself up to that in some way. Um, so that I, I am confident <laughs> that there are a lot more people who are bi than they than they even realize. And like that was my experience. It took me a long time. I was like in my mid twenties until I realized that hey, I have a this other side of my attraction that I didn't really explore mm-hmm. uh, for the longest time because I had no, I didn't even question. I had no reason to to think about it until you know I did. So oh, for me, it was about staying I safe. I like I was. It was so much easier in high school to not be called or like not get beat up for being the F slur or whatever. If you're just like, oh, I can just hide this part of myself because I'm mostly attracted to women most of the time. So this is going to be safer for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for me it was like figuring I had to figure out gender shit before I figured out sexuality. It's like I, <laughs> I, I like look at uh I'm trying to think of like characters like I'm stinking Star Trek characters like Seven of Nine or whatever. It's like I, I'm attracted to you, but I also want to be you. And I also like trunks from Dragon Ball Z. I'm unsure of <laughs> what's going on here. I gotta figure some things out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that scene from The Last of Us. I was very skeptical. I I heard like a lot of good things about it but i'm I'm very like cynical because i thought it's just gonna be like two gay dudes clapping each other's cheeks like there's not gonna be any <laughs> substance there like but no it was actually like i watched it and it was genuinely great because it made me feel like validated like we can have a beautiful love story portrayed yeah. uh and it's just you don't see that and I it's telling like we're gonna keep talking about good gay representation in media it's important that we talk about omar a little <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The best representation to ever come about here. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> true. fucking iconic, iconic. Unmasked. Yes. Unmasked. Omar. Omar is yeah. Fantastic. I'm like, are y'all serious? He, st- he struck fear in the hearts of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he was a real person. He like it's felt like a real like he wasn't like this. Per- he didn't wasn't like the best gay. You know, that's a lot of times you see today is like when you have a, even in a like a show that like represents people is like, oh, they have to be this perfect human being it's like no he was he was a flawed individual and a human individual that's why he was like really such a great character a man with a code okay. yeah yeah, yeah. well and it's just like you know i like where they give these like like you know jesse was saying like if you shoehorn it in it's gonna be it's gonna feel just bad but if you give this character dimensions and depth like it really does make a difference like omar was like this masculine man he wasn't like perfect you know when it comes to the last of us that couple they were bickering but then they loved each other i mean like these are real people like we are real human beings we're not perfect we're not perfectly masculine or feminine like we're people who are very complicated so like to get that 
really substantive representation, I think it really does make a difference, like in terms of like the confidence for gay men. Because if I was like really young, just coming out and I saw The Last of Us, I would think, oh, my God, I feel so much more confident. But like in the absence of that, you know, without that pop culture representation, it takes a while to build up that confidence, especially in, you know, a society that's very heteronormative and cisnormative. What I, what I loved about The Last of Us particularly, and it's an interesting to like talk about Omar in in like conversation with with that is too, is like what was great about The Last of Us is it showed like it was telling that they got to be the characters and they're the only characters in that show they got a happy ending. Uh, everything else is like some layer mm. of terrible. Um, and they got to have a happy ending and it's telling that the gay couple, the the one that in in, you know, especially that show is set in like a, like alt 2001s, like 2002, like early Bush era politics segments, like 20 years after, but like the politics that they come from is then. So it's, it's, it's telling that like, they would have been men who would just like live through HIV and like would have had like a lot of rough time being gay at that point. And because all of that society like literally went away, they got to have a beautiful moment. It's like the, these pressures of having to be a certain thing that the Ron Swanson's character, you could clearly see was like, had to be like the tough dude. He didn't have to project that anymore. And so he could actually just be a person and actually get to like, and actually get to like be his full self and explore his full self and get a happy ending outside of society's bounds. Whereas, you know, you look at someone like Omar is just a great character to bring up in that because he was like a complicated character. And a lot of it was because of the stigmas that he faced in that society as a black man, as a gay man, the intersection of those things about having project masculinity and be tough in, a, in that world uh, that constantly like if you like gayness is sort of seen as like, oh, feminized and you're weak, especially at the time that that show came out. Um, and so it's like it, it's an interesting sort of conversation to like talk about the two of uh, in, in conversation about like they're both real human beings as all three of those characters but the difference between getting to exist outside of the bullshit of society and getting to exist having to exist within it so mm -hmm. yeah i i like seeing characters that um aren't like this tertiary character where they're just there for representation's sake like there's always this trope of like the gay side character in the rom-coms where he's like helping her pick out dresses and shit like that the comic and relief. you know yeah, yeah, for comic relief. And it's just, it's frustrating. Like the substance is really what changes perceptions culturally. And I have, I have a lot of high hopes for The Last of Us because if you, if you played the second game, you know that there's a trans character oh, and the story yeah. was beautiful. So now I actually yeah. have hope that they'll do uh, even more justice in the show. So it's like, okay, these are the things that like, moves us forward because you know with lgbtq plus people we're such a small portion of the population i mean growing right but like such a small portion that like not everyone says hey i know a trans person i know a gay person so their first introduction to these people are you know characters on, on a screen and that really makes a difference like it sounds goofy i've said this before but i think that glee for example as cringy as that show is if you go back and watch it like the gay character in that story really helped i think uh, open people's minds up because that was around the time when i first came out and uh you know i had my own co-workers like oh yeah i, I watched the show glee i love the character on there and it's like oh okay so i'm not uh, technically your first introduction into a gay person you you saw that um, so, like, I think these things matter, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Sorry, I'm trying not to talk because I know I rant a bunch. So I was like, I won't, I won't jump. <laughs> but you're the no, go ahead. I'm, talk, talk. I'm trying to think what else happened this week that we could talk about. Yeah, oh, yeah, we have. One of my chats is like, are they gonna, are they gonna talk about news? Or <laughs> yeah. Speaking of news, I was really, really curious to get Bender's take on uh, Elon Musk stepping down from Twitter oh, because is yeah. this real? Is didn't this gonna he, lead to something? He was doing this like months ago. So no, no. So almost, almost 150 yeah. days ago, he made that like DOS populate DOS whatever DOS via whatever everything where it's like i will abide by the 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 consensus of this vote and then he and never he, well he never not only did he not step down but the right wingers embarrassed themselves so much like the quartering woke up in the, like the night and started shaming all the right being like this is the most important moment for free speech we have to do something he recorded, he recorded a video and he deleted all of it the next day he's like i apologize i'd had a little bit to drink and i thought the stakes were a lot higher than they may have seemed and all this other stuff it was so funny right Hilarious. Yeah. So so yeah. Everything you guys just said. Uh, he he. I don't think he wanted <laughs> to step down. Obviously. Uh, will he actually step down? Hey, Who hey, knows? What? This Who is down from what? Elon Musk from Elon Twitter. Musk, he he claimed today. Well, let's let's make this well, clear. I, I want to be completely clear. He's still no matter what. Right. No matter what. His Twitter is dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's just no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah. No matter what happens. He owns the company. It's a private company. There's not even like shareholders or a board that can, you know, force him out or force him to do something. Right. It's just, does he have investors? Sure. But they're pretty, they, it seems like they've been pretty hands off. Just everything, whatever you say, Musk, um, you know, Elon Musk controls this app. It's his, uh, whatever CEO he hires is just going to be the guy. face. It's mm -hmm. going to be the face of the failure for Musk to save face. He's Jerry um, of Waystar Royco. Yeah. And, even on, <laughs> and, and even on top of that, he can't step away completely because he even said he's going he's gonna to move to the role of executive chair, which from what I understand in, in most uh, corporate situations, the executive chair actually sits above the, C the CEO. <laughs> but um, – he, then he said he would be the CTO, the the chief tech officer, which is probably a role he's less qualified for than CEO, if you could believe it. Uh, the dude knows nothing about, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, system administration. Uh, he knows nothing about programming. He thinks he does. He pretends he does. Everyone who actually knows those roles have come out to say over and over again this past year, wow, we, we assumed he was a genius because he ran a electric car company and a rocket company a rocket ship company we don't know anything about that but we are software developers we know a lot about that and this dude's a fucking idiot when he tries to talk code um so yeah so whether he steps down or not actually remains to be seen but um he said he was stepping down and that he's hired a new ceo he hasn't said who it was um it's gonna be a woman too a right he did give a hint that he did use the pronoun she. Uh, Mr. I hate pronouns really leaned hard and letting everyone know that it was a it was a she that he hired. Um, and then I you know I I guessed and I saw Kara Swisher also guests um, that it was going to be uh, this woman Linda Yaccarino uh, or Yasserino. I don't know how to pronounce her name, but she is an NBC ad exec. The reason I uh, assumed it was going to be her um, is because. This is the woman who interviewed Musk at that big advertising event that Musk had prepared for because it was going to be his big moment to win back the advertisers. This was just last month. I assume that 
this woman is the only woman he's uh, uh, given the opportunity to interview him over these past couple of uh, uh, months. Um, and, and it was a pretty important event for him. Uh, so I assumed that he uh, appreciated the way that interview went because it went very good for him. Mm. And that, you know, they must have talked afterwards. Then the Wall Street Journal, just hours after I guessed and, and Kara Swisher guessed, said that apparently this woman is in talks to be the CEO of Twitter. I just saw that. Um, mm. I, I looked a little bit into her background. Uh, she's a right winger. She's liked numerous tweets from uh, Jack. And I don't mean I don't mean like a, a a basic Republican like corporate person. She's liked numerous tweets from Jack Posobiec. Uh, Posobiec, Pos- excuse me. Um, <laughs> uh, Larry Elder. Uh, uh, who else? Let me let me pull this. But up. I mean, that so can't be any worse than Elon follows, Musk. Like Elon Musk is the reply guy to. For, she what, follows lives on TikTok. Yeah. Uh, so, just, so just like so Musk. It's just like yeah. Musk. Yeah, same as Musk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Ole yeah. said, the platform is just doomed. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter yeah, at this no, point. So I heard, but the, the Tucker Carlson thing really solidified it. Oh, yeah, yes. the TV show. We didn't even talk about that. The Tucker Carlson Twitch exclusive. Or, sorry, Twitter exclusive. I mean, I mean she is she is an NBC ad executive. So I, I, could also, see, I could see her just being here, winning over some generic corporate advertisers. Like, oh, I tr- you know, I've worked with Linda before. I, I know her. Uh, but you know, I, I, it does really feel like one of the, I, I think it's called a, gl- a, a glass cliff higher. Um, when, mm-hmm. uh, corporations bring on a woman CEO at the, the, the end of the, the lifespan to try to pass the blame to, to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What, I, what I want to know is tell me about the Twitter TV thing. How's this Tucker Carlson show thing about the work? Cause you know, Elon Musk really makes me fucking sick for like a million reasons. And I hate the way, like. All he wants to do is a million things real bad instead of anything good and do a bunch of shit nobody asked for. But I will say this. As a bitch who's been making video content on Twitter for years, I am sickened at the idea of a show platform <laughs> created on Twitter but it's back to Tucker Carlson. I'm like, tell me more. Please tell me about right. this thing that sounds like it would have been nifty for me in a different world. And now I can't fucking participate. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I don't, I don't, I don't, I, listen, he, he talks so much. In the past week, he's talked about turning Twitter into a video service, a dating website, a jobs board. A phone? A phone? Uh, uh, yeah, he wants to turn into a, 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 vo- a audio and voice calling system. Uh, it seems like this dude spent $44 billion on, like, the one website he, he doesn't want. I mean, <laughs> well, do, you, do you believe that he's taking it any one of those websites that, that actually exist that do those things? Do you believe the conspiracy um, theory that he's, like, tanking it intentionally? I've seen people no, say that. No, no? Like, no, to be able to, like, liquidate no. it to another company for so something. So he's just that yeah. stupid, then. He's just yeah, I was just saying, he'd be such a hit to his, like, his perception of, like, being oh, this, like, god of like capitalism he, that is, he, he yeah. was yeah, oh, yeah no, no, he's, he was he's a clown he was man. considered he was people people literally had full-on positive views of this guy i thought he was an actual genius mm. um you know republicans love them because he's a fucking billionaire and they all think the more money you got the harder you work so who works mm. harder than the world's richest man right the meritocracy and then and then liberals liberals loved him because he's the the face of ev and space yep. travel who doesn't mm-hmm. love those two sort of things if you're into science and stuff uh i'm a science um, man yeah and, and and you know he he's he's lifted that <laughs> that curtain he's let the world know that he's uh not anything that any of them thought he was um and you know i i don't think i i really do think 
that he full on bought everything he heard from his little right wing bubble silos Mm -hmm. that Twitter was being run by these woke leftists and they were destroying the platform and censoring voices and that if he came along and instituted this freedom of speech, free speech beliefs into Twitter, it would be profitable for the first time ever. This is why Twitter's not profitable. It's gonna be profitable once I come in and do all those things that I'm hearing my little bubble complain about without realizing he's in a fucking bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Sean um, of, of uh, S-H-A-U-N, he do, does those videos, Sean vids or whatever. Mm-hmm. He has this really perfect tweet that people constantly share and, and it's spot on. He tweeted this in like November that Elon is going to come in, do things the opposite of how Twitter was doing them because he would think he chose they chose to do them because they were woke leftists. And then once he institutes the opposite of what they established, he's going to realize that they are hor- that his decisions are horrible for business and come to this realization like, oh, that's why they were doing these things because they didn't care about being leftist. They made these decisions because they were what's best for business. And he's going to back himself into a corner and then announce that he's reversing his bad decisions, but do it in a way where it makes him seem like he's coming up with this great new idea. He's done this for everything. The dude hasn't had one idea that was original for Twitter yet. Twitter blue, it existed before him. He just threw in the blue check mark. Um, community notes, it was called uh, like Blackbird or something before that. I forgot what it was called, but it existed before he was there. He just changed the name. His new his new obsession, the subscriber feature where you could subscribe to exclusive paywalled content from your favorite Twitter creators. It was called Super Follows. It existed before mm-hmm. Musk. He's talking about how he's bringing back Periscope so people could live uh, live stream on Twitter. You could live stream on Twitter right now. When they shut down Periscope, they just moved the feature into the tw- the, the built-in Twitter camera app. Anyone could live stream from Twitter right now and before <laughs> Musk was there. Like, th- th- there's not a, a single original thing. This guy, oh, another one. He had this idea of, oh, I'm going to put tweets, uh, I'm sorry, labels on tweets with hateful content. His whole fucking spiel with the Twitter files was that Twitter was labeling misinformation. Twitter was labeling shit before he came along and he was against it. The dude has not come up with a single fucking original Twitter idea. He hasn't come up with any original. I mean, that's his MO generally, right? He like bought SpaceX and said, look, I'm saving the future of space when it was like that's what the company was doing beforehand. Tesla too. He didn't invent Tesla. That that was with Tesla. I Mm -hmm. think SpaceX might have been his original. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry. That's 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 the one. But even yeah, even then, it's the people working there. Sorry, I cut you. Right, right. He's not a rocket scientist. He doesn't know nothing about that shit. No, and you're not entirely wrong. Before that, he was selling those roof shingles that were supposed to be revolutionary because they were also solar panels. Even though that was not his idea and he did this entire big thing where he's like hey look at this model house and all this kind of stuff the idea was stolen and they were a disaster because apparently they have a tendency to ignite and just light on fire but he got so much investment capital because he's that's the thing he's good at just like trump he's good at like hype and he's good at getting venture capital well he used to be now i'm pretty sure like you know the the elon wears no clothes but like back in the day Mm -hmm. people would like pour money into him because he really was a good hype man 
Well, he also, it's also too, like, his ideas are all just about, like, what makes him most comfortable. Because, like, the whole, what was it, the, the, what was it, the loop, the thing in Las Vegas didn't that start in, like, L.A. because he wanted, like, a faster oh, way to get to his job. The, oh, you the mean, underground the, car the, hole? The, the, the tunnel yeah. where so, yeah. one single car can yeah, go through the it. Death well, like, <laughs> the the Tesla idea, death tunnel? Just, like, well, it's just like, if I just had a tunnel to get to job faster, I could just drive right through. So why won't that work for everybody if I just the rich, just do the rich dude thing of having a single tunnel with my one car on it? And then he just, like, you're, you're, the you, masses. You want to be really crazy? That would take a take a uh, put less traffic on the road if someone came up with ev uh uh public transit mm -hmm. like buses and stuff trains but no let's take these these single these single <laughs> occupancy uh, uh uh cars that fit four people like a regular car because they're just regular teslas down there and let's put them on in a tunnel that can only fit one car through at a time so there's not even multiple lanes you have single file tunnel uh, uh cars in this tunnel it's 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 ludicrous. But it's got it's LED ludicrous. lights. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in, in my chat, they're saying Tesla makes more money selling carbon credits than it does selling cars. I didn't know that. It, it wow. did. I don't know if that's still the case, but it was for the longest time. Those carbon credits are what saved Tesla. Actually, I don't know if you guys remembered back in the day with um with Obama and uh, uh what was it like uh uh solina or whatever the one of those uh, yeah, uh yeah. green companies were that right the right wing was going crazy over that obama was uh backing all Lindra. these green energy companies solindra right 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 right, 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 right. uh tesla is one of those companies tesla would have been dead if it wasn't for obama thanks obama you know <laughs> yeah right <laughs> they he he gave them a lifeline with that pro that green energy program back when tesla ba ba badly needed it they were they were in dire straits, and these carbon they, these carbon credits are what uh, helped Tesla basically survive afterwards through all these years. SpaceX is receives billions and billions of dollars from the government. I mean, it's a space mm -hmm. explore. It's a private space exploration company. Who are they selling to? No one's fucking traveling to space yet and buying space tickets. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you never Lance answered the up. question about Tucker Carlson though. Like what's, mm. what's oh uh, well according to musk he's not doing anything special which i don't oh, okay. i don't know if i believe that because uh tucker carlson's got to uh uh, uh pass on multi-millions of dollars from fox just to s stay off the air and not do anything so i don't know what the deal they cut is um but according to musk tucker carlson's gonna come use the same twitter features everybody else is using use the same subscription model that anyone else could use and that's that's basically what they're providing him again i i, I don't know i, I don't I, think people he 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 just doesn't understand what twitter is and you mm -hmm. can tell it just in all these premium features he's got out there people don't want fucking long tweets people i i see show more in a tweet i go fucking goodbye i'm not oh, reading course. that yep. shit <laughs> I, if i want to read a long piece i'll go to an article i'll go to a long form blogging platform if i want to watch a video longer than like a minute, maybe a minute and a half, I go to YouTube. I'm not gonna watch a 30 minute video on Twitter. I'm just not gonna do it because it's not made for the platform. And I bet you, yeah. I'm betting you too, because number one, he's kicked out, like he's either kicked or made the place unsafe for so many like, you know, queer people, marginalized people on that platform that it's going to do decently well. And then he'll artificially boost it in some way. Say, no, this is mm -hmm. just the algorithm. And it's just artificially boosting. Like, look, uh, look, the people love Tucker Carlson. It's just that like billionaires just, it's the same thing. Billionaires just putting these right wing assholes up front and then artificially boosting them.
Also, yep. people should know what counts as views on Twitter. I, I, a lot mm, of people like don't realize this. It's 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 ridiculous. So so on YouTube, you have to actually your views are uh, they officially count a view if someone watches, clicks on your like clicks on your video or, or goes to your video, goes onto that single solo video page with just your video and watches for for I believe thirty seconds. If they do that, you got a view. Um, on Twitter. Someone has to play your video for at least two seconds. And if at least 50% of the video player is still viewable on their screen, the view will count. So that means if you're scrolling through Twitter and Tucker Carlson's video starts to autoplay and you scroll past it, but 50% of that Tucker Carlson video is still viewable on your, your screen as you're like reading a tweet, maybe like two tweets below Tucker's. You just gave Tucker Carlson a view. So those numbers are fucking ridiculous it because reminds- they're not comparable. No platform, uh, uh, well, there's probably other platforms that do that, but no legitimate view metric used by like television, cable news, or any serious video platform um, is gonna count two seconds of even even if the it's being displayed on half of your screen it's ridiculous i there was all these tweets about how uh, from the right about how oh tucker carlson's videos are blowing cable news uh ratings out of the water which you know a isn't hard to do but b the 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 ability to count a view on cable news is not fucking uh uh channel surfing i could assure you i don't know what the exact view count the rate how they count the ratings but i can assure you that if someone's just channel surfing which is the equivalent of scrolling through twitter they don't count that person who accidentally lands on fox news as they're scrolling through the channels as a fucking viewer it reminds mm-hmm. me of uh, I used to work at a, a news magazine, The Advocate, which is an LGBTQ, LGBTQ news magazine a few years ago. And we were getting a lot of traction on Facebook, like our videos that we were making because I was a video producer for them. With like, you know, 50,000 views for our videos. And then like Facebook revealed that they were like artificially inflating it by some like I forget the exact mm-hmm. one who was very similar. It was like two seconds counts as a view or we like shove it in front of people. And then they took that away. And then all of a sudden our views are like at a thousand. And it's like we lost all of our advertisers for those videos and everything, too. It, it just reminds me of that, just the artificial inflation of it to make your numbers the, look good. I don't remember if it was the exact same scenario, but that's, that's a great point. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you all remember when Facebook got shit because they had to come out and admit that their video player was inflating numbers tr- yeah. by, by an enormous amount yep. and had to break it to all these media companies that, hey, remember how um, you saw your, your video view counts going through the roof a couple of years ago and you all pivoted to video specifically because of that reason? Um, sorry, it turns out you got much less views. That's actually and exactly la- when I was working there, that exact time. That's what I was talking about, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I cut yeah. you off. I just, yeah. No, no, oh, that's, yeah. I'm glad you brought it up because that reminded me of that. I mean, it's people lost their jobs because of that shit. Um, Speaking yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> so, yeah. Speaking yeah. of other platforms to do things on, Jesse, you should uh, plug all of your channels 
Oh, so we can get that started. Jesse. Oh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, no, I am. I'm Jesse Gender on YouTube, where I do the video essay type of things that I do. Um, I also have a secondary channel called Jesse Gender After Dark, where I do like reviews of Star Trek or reaction content to like trailers, and also like, but more off the cuff like discussions about transgender issues that aren't like a big video essay. Um, and then I'm also on Nebula. If you want to go and uh, support me over there, Nebula is a streaming platform that supports a lot of creators, and they're um, they're currently supporting me making a short film um which uh is going to be uh you know a very queer centric short film um we've announced some of the cast of that uh Jessica Nicole from Fringe is going to be in it um who else is in it uh, that I've announced so far Maggie Mae Fish a couple uh, YouTuber as well uh and uh, awesome. I can't reveal some of our cast that we have so far but I will say um if you are a Star Trek fan I would get very excited cuz might have people that Trekkies would recognize hmm. um but yeah, that's what I'm currently working on over there. So if you go to Nebula, you get you get that and support me and support that film. So those are the main things. So Patrick Stewart confirmed. <laughs> uh, uh, I will, someone who has had scenes with Patrick Stewart, I will say that multiple. Oh, there you go. Wow. Hey. Yeah. Oh so, wow. That's all. That's all I will say. I can't say more than that because I'll probably get in trouble for saying that much. That's all. So I'll say that. Okay. So. so. Oh, okay. Awesome. Wow. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. I, I I'm honored, and thank you for letting me rant. I tend to be a long, long talker, so I we love a good monologue. No, 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 that was I, great. I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah thank great. you so much, Jesse. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Much appreciated. Okay, so we'll just stay here with the super chats and Olade. Are, are you still doing oh, a show? Oh my god, it's already ten thirty. I didn't yeah, even. I, I thought we had another. I think we had like another hour. I wrap this up. I'm gonna plug my stuff. All right. Um, I put out an op-ed for Essence on. Monday, Tuesday. Um, I will link it in the chat. Um, my essence op-ed. I also have an op-ed coming out with Team Vogue tomorrow. Um, I have an a new video. If ever, well, everyone's been asking me for my thoughts, obviously on Jordan Neely. That's what the Team Vogue op-ed will be on, and my episode on the Lernati tomorrow, which I will put out then. So that's what. I know I'll link my channel. You okay. saw the news tonight, uh, Ole, right? About uh, what's likely coming tomorrow, right? <laughs> yes, yes, sure do, sure do. Yeah, your last Alurinati was a banger, by the way. It was so Thank good. You. It was so good. It was really, really good. Like that's gonna be the video that I point to if anyone has questions about abolition, because I cannot explain it, but you put it like perfectly. It was wonderful. I'm going to I'm gonna make it a separate. I've seen some people in my comments. I'm gonna put the abolition video as a as a separate um, mm. video eventually that y'all can just do. I was gonna do it this week, but then you know, stuffs. Um I'm yeah. For y'all right now, I swear. One second. Go watch yeah, my, it. Last, my last video is great. Y'all really should watch it if you haven't. Mm -hmm. um, I personally highly recommend. I think we get better every episode. Mm -hmm. That's my thoughts. Um, tomorrow can be half a size, so it's just going to be the what's the 411, the new segment. Um, it's not going to be the conch shell of the week. Um, there's nothing funny going on. We'll be the blood? judge of that. <laughs> um, I've I've never been able to say this. I also have an op-ed in the Daily Beast right now, my first one ever. Hey, uh, go, go, go read it. Oh, I know yeah, I just I, it yes. just got released. Yeah, it's about uh, how um, the uh, Texas mall shooter uh, seemed to have a social media history that was uh, uh, a little bit uh, in fan of maybe some of the guests that Tim Pool has or lives at TikTok, and how this seems to be a recurring pattern and just plausible deniability and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so so go check it out. Well, no, it's awesome. Me and my daddy both loved it. And my oh, dad's nice. art. So awesome. proud oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Salute Good night, everybody. Bye, everybody. Peace. Bye.
Пошли. Все вместе. Какие ваши доказательства? Кокаином. Like, 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 up yours, up yours. We'll see who cancels who. who, who. 